the show here where you can join us and bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. Big news out of Texas tonight. I, I guess it broke yesterday or fairly recently. Uh, Texas State Representative Brian Slayton has introduced a bill that would put a referendum on Texas secession on the ballot in 2024. This sounds promising, but doesn't Texas make this little stride fairly often? I mean, don't I think the first crack at it, or at least the first one I recall, was 2021. And the same representative, as well as uh, two or three others, co-sponsored a very similar bill. Uh, that did not make it out of committee, unfortunately. So it never did. It never even got a public hearing. Uh, it just got killed by the powers that be, essentially. And the thing with New Hampshire is that every bill has to have a public hearing. Whether they like it or not, and I'm sure right. the powers that be do not <laughs> like that uh, here in New Hampshire. But that's why New Hampshire has had more uh, forward movement in at least the political system than Texas has because their system does not guarantee uh, public hearing for every bill but that's to, that said they've they're trying it again and uh that's great that's what they yeah, need to absolutely. do absolutely we're uh, gonna try it again we I, I sure hope we are uh, obviously you and i are not state representatives so no. we can't put the bill forward but but i'm why wouldn't matt sentinastasso who sponsored it last time do be it willing to sponsor it again yeah right? i would hope that he will that conversation hasn't come up yet but it definitely is going to be one we're going to need to have here within the next mm, eight months because they're going to have to start putting bills in in new hampshire in august i think we could put forward uh, exactly the same bill and exactly the same wording right i don't see why we wouldn't i don't see why we'd want to change it right but let's talk about what texas is doing here because uh i would say i don't know if it's a neck and neck race but texas and new New Hampshire, definitely two of the most forward moving as far as on the independence issue, as far as secession is concerned. California's uh, back at it as well with the Yes California campaign still alive and trying, I believe, to get signatures in order to get a question on the ballot out in California as well. So, you know, secession is still a, a real, you know, issue. And of course, then we had Marjorie Taylor Greene, this uh, conservative lady. In yes. D.C., she's been talking about national divorce, which isn't quite the same thing, uh, at but least from her definition. But it's not unlike secession. It's kind of in the neighborhood, but yeah. uh, it's not, it is unlike it in that the way she describes it, so-called national divorce would be some sort of rearrangement of the states into red and blue and then a reduction of the federal government. But they would still At least in the, the red states. Government. Right. I don't know exactly what she means when she says this, but she has the belief that a national divorce would mean keeping the federal government around. I don't see how that could work. a terrible work. idea. Yeah, I could see like having three states, perhaps four, like uh, blue. The coasts are blue and they're going to stay blue, right? So you get those those to have their own federal government. They're blue. Then everything in the middle, the Midwest, the heartland, so to speak, is red. And it's always going to be red. Mm -hmm. But, like, you can't have a nation that consists of the West Coast and the East Coast with this huge other nation in between them. I mean, maybe you could. It, you could, but it would be stupid. But the thing and is, as humans, not... we should strive to do fewer things that are stupid. Well, I'm not saying this lady's smart or anything like that. But at the very least, she is getting the conversation started on the question of national divorce. It's just... She's not really talking about a divorce. She's talking about right. some sort of political 
rearrangement, for lack of a better term, that would keep the federal government. And if you're keeping the federal government in being in some way of, of influence over both the reds and the blue states, then that's not a real divorce. You've got to get away from the abuser. And in this case, the federal government is the abuser. But uh, Brian Slayton posted on his Twitter, which is Brian for HD2, he says, I filed HB 3596, and this was posted March 6th, so this was yesterday. Uh, HB 3596, which is commonly known as the Texas Independence Referendum Act, or Texit. If passed, it will place a referendum on the ballot during the next general election, allowing the people of Texas to vote on whether or not the state should investigate the possibility of Texas independence. Aww. I mean, good good for them, but like, it's so toothless. Yeah, it I mean, is. I, I know is. they had to water it down in order to even get this far, but it, it saddens me with the with the momentum that's that we've seen behind Cal Exit, mm-hmm. and then again with New Hampshire Independence NH Exit. That it saddens me that with all of that momentum already there, Texas is like, well, let's have a referendum to to maybe consider the possibility <laughs> right. of investigating, <laughs> of doing a straw poll to see yeah. if whether or not we should maybe investigate. It's like, guys, come on! If if ever there was Just a time, go all in. Yeah, you don't. You don't, you know, go 75% and then when they, they call you, you, you pull it back to 50% or what? Just go straight for the 100%. And- yeah, and I don't see why they don't. I mean, according to the polling numbers that came out last year, Texas has the highest percentage of people who are already in favor of saying goodbye to the federal oh, government. It. They don't have to tippy-toe around this issue. Texas secession has been in the news my entire life. Right. And there so. hasn't been anything particularly noteworthy politically that caused them to, you know, be more about secession. But with all of these other states leading the way and loudly, boisterously proclaiming, you know, we're going to secede or we want to secede. It's just so sad that all Texas, Texas, the the, the state that led the way with secession throughout most of my life is now like the most watered down, gimped version of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if their idea is if they water it down that that will increase the chance that it'll actually make it through the political process. It didn't help them in 2021. I mean, this is essentially the same bill. I haven't read the the full text of it, but it's at least the summary from the state rep here is it sounds like the exact same bill because in 2021 it was the same thing of, well, we're, if it passes, then we'll think about it'll ask the federal or the uh, the state government to start considering what to do in order to secede. Whereas the New Hampshire bill that if it had passed would have gone on the ballot as a constitutional amendment would have simply declared peaceful independence from the United States. I mean, it was a two sentence bill. This one's long. I think that's the way to go to it. Not just because it's shorter, but because it's all about the Overton window, right? Which is Mm -hmm. something that I've only briefly read about. But the idea is that as you talk about a crazy idea more, it becomes less crazy the more people hear it. And this is obviously true. The more people, if you if you suggest a crazy idea to someone, the first time they hear it, it's going to sound crazy. But the second time, it sounds a little bit less crazy. And by the 30th or 40th time, it's almost a mainstream idea. This is what they mean by moving the Overton window, is repeating these crazy ideas until a person becomes used to it and it doesn't sound so crazy anymore. Yeah, what was it that Jason Osborne said? Uh, he's the state... He's a free stater here in New Hampshire who's been elected to state rep and then ultimately moved all the way up to House Majority Leader. He said, I no longer have opinions. I, I am your opinions. <laughs> he so did say that. God, that was ridiculous. cringy, man. But then I he like said, the guy, but that was... Dude. Then didn't he call secessionists like crazy or kooks or something like that? He, he, he I think so. He he's, threw out some kind of insult. 
He and Jason Sorens, both Jason Sorens was the founder yeah. of the Free State Project. They both sort of backed away from the idea of secession, which I guess is fine because, you know, we're out there leading, sounding crazy, and I'm fine with that. I'm used to sounding crazy. I'm good at sounding crazy. But it's not as crazy to people today as it was three or four years ago. And the more other states do it, the more other states talk about it mm-hmm. and get these balls rolling, the less crazy it's going to sound to everyone. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene, as much as I dislike her, at least she's helping shift the public opinion on this so that it sounds less as, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Even though plenty of people think she's crazy. But regardless, you do have to get that conversation started. As we learned recently, uh, the whole NBC Boston documentary series that's going on as we speak, uh, episode nine came out yesterday. And there are two more episodes to go. Crypto 6 will be number 10, and then whatever wrap-up they're going to do in the, the final episode will be number 11. The Crypto 6 one comes out next Friday, by the way. I thought it was Monday. Is it Friday? Is it Friday? Well, Friday, well, I assume so, because Friday's the viewing party. Do they not release them on the same day of the viewing no, party? No, no, it's going to be Monday. They've been oh, doing okay. Mondays. Uh, they're doing the viewing parties every day over the next couple of weeks, basically, so... Uh, episode one was last night. Tonight is episode two. This is happening on oh. uh, local cable network. In the and it's region. a way of stretching it out into a 30-minute show sort of thing? Is that yeah, the plan? Yeah. So okay. they uh, last night they played the first episode, which again, most of these episodes are between 10 and 15 minutes. They played the first episode, and then they had a Q&A with Jason Sorens. And so they're going to do the same okay. thing tonight with the Porkfest episode, and then they'll play the full episode, and then they'll have a Q&A with the hosts of like you know whatever TV show it is. And then Carly Garrick will be their guest. Right. So And so they're going to do that for the next couple of weeks with each episode. And I'll those be there are, on the Crypto 6 episode. I've heard about that. That's really excellent. I think that'll be really cool having you in there because, well, you're trans. And so oh, yeah, it's true. Good. And these are like liberal, co- liberal hosts uh, who are definitely like believing in the government types of people. So it'll be I mean, I was just to talking see. to someone on Twitter today, not talking with. I tweeted at them once and they sent back like 17 replies that I can't even begin to care about reading. But it was about this. The the trans the perception that free staters hate trans people or whatever. Ridiculous. I'm like, well, you, well, nobody told me and my friends that we hate trans people, right? We yeah. we must have missed that free state. Memo. You're not feeling hated. No, from no the other free I've never staters. felt more accepted. Yeah. Right. Every time I show up to a free stater event, they hand me a microphone or put me in front of a camera every single time, and it's been like that since I got to New Hampshire. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's 100 percent acceptance. So uh, anyway, if you haven't seen this NBC documentary, you really ought to, if you're interested at all in the Free State Project, a migration of liberty-oriented people to New Hampshire, just go to NBCBoston.com slash Free State, and you can watch the first nine episodes there. And I, they are making the, uh, the commentary shows. They're calling them the live watch parties. Those are actually available online as well. I don't know if they're on that site I'll find out more about that. Do you know but, who they got for the secession episode? I would hope I it would be know. Matt Santanastasso, who Great was question. the state rep who led the charge on this. I have not heard that. Um, I would hope. I expect at some point they're going to get one of the bad guys in there because that would be fair for them to sure. do that, right? Like there's some there's some people in this series that hate the free staters and you know they're the they're the foils. Well, the, the Cro- bad guys. Croydon episodes are perfect for that. They probably will have one of them in there. Yeah, I bet you they'd have them both because the Croydon episodes. Uh, this is about the school board that had its budget cut by 50%, and then the government lovers came back and rallied the troops and undid it. So it's kind of a, it was a win and then it was a loss for the for the Free Staters. That was actually a two-parter, so it was two right. episodes. So I bet you they'll have the Underwoods in, uh, who were the Free Staters that kind of, or at least one of the Underwoods in, 
to talk about it from the free stater side and then on episode two maybe they'll have one of the status in to talk about it from their side so i, I don't think people should expect that it's all going to be free stater guests on this show all the way through uh but it'll be interesting to see who the not adversary but adversary is the closest word for the crypto six episode i suspect they wouldn't have one mm, but yeah. like Get Seth Ephraim or one of the other prosecutors to like be the foil in that. That would be fun. Yeah, it I would be a terrible that... idea, and I'd have to back out if I walked in there. There was a federal prosecutor <laughs> sitting there, but oh, sorry, guys, you. Uh... They don't seem to be the yeah. kinds of people who <laughs> want to go and do interviews. You know, so yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. Anyway, NBCBoston.com slash Free State. If you want to see it, they're free to watch online. But the reason, I, the reason I bring it up is because the hosts, or rather, the producers of this series, were on. NBC, or sorry, they were on Boston Public Radio, big station called WGBH, you know, NPR, etc. Big, 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 big station down there. Uh, they were on that station last week. I listened to and recorded. I actually put it out on our uh, podcast feed. So anybody who subscribes over at feeds.freetalklive.com would have gotten this episode. You might have heard this already. But in the interview they did of the producers, just kind of asking, well, how did this come about? How did you guys decide to do an 11-part series, which all put together is going to be a feature-length documentary film on the Free State Project. And there were two things that got their attention. One, the Croydon school board situation. Two, the secession uh, story. The fact that there was actually a bill to secede from the United States that was put forward, even though it had no chance of, of winning, that got their attention. And they said, there's really something newsworthy here. This is something we should be looking into. So it was the fact that there was a secession bill is what made that whole NBC series happen. Uh, so again, the, there's a lot of good things that come out from even doing this sort of what seems like pointless political exercise of putting up a bill that is most certainly going to go down in flames. And that's what's happening now in Texas is there's been a ton of uh, controversy over just the last 24 hours. People in the political scene are arguing about independence. The talk show hosts in Texas are talking about this issue. It seems like that's it's good. getting a lot of play uh, in the mainstream media. And I mean, this is good for us because, as yes. I mentioned, you know, this just – normalizes the idea of secession to people. The more people hear it, the less crazy it sounds. And so, it doesn't matter that it's, you know, having being heard in Texas, this conversation. Indeed. So uh, it's getting, here's a story from Newsweek on this. Uh, according to them, a Republican lawmaker has introduced a bill that would give Texans a vote on whether to secede from the United States, which is uh, differently how, than how the founder of the bill or the, the filing agent here, the state rep, he said it would put a referendum on the ballot, allowing people of Texas to vote on whether or not the state should investigate the possibility of Texas independence. But I got to say, I pulled up the actual act here, HB 3596, and it does say that at the general election, the voters will be permitted to vote on a referendum on the question of whether the state should reassert its status as an independent nation. So the bill itself okay. sounds a little more hardcore than the way the state rep was kind of downplaying it in his post. It's, so he's trying to walk it back on the internet to get more people to support it. Maybe. That it's, seems dishonest. So it says, well, he's a politician, but yeah. uh, it says here, the proposition shall be printed on the ballot above any proposed constitutional amendment under the heading referendum proposition. The ballot should be printed to permit voting for or against it. With the question, quote, should the state of Texas reassert its status as an independent nation, unquote. 
but it's not binding this referendum the results of this referendum oh, right oh good point yeah a referendum wouldn't be binding the point in new hampshire was that it would have been binding new hampshire would have been a constitutional amendment right so that would just be like that that's as binding as you can get <laughs> Uh, in that case, but, but but this is good news. Brexit wasn't binding, and and it still happened ish. It took a long time. Well, but Brexit, I think Brexit was binding. I thought it was a non-binding referendum. I don't know. It's been so long. It I has. don't remember. It just took a long time to. And then they dragged their feet make on it. it happen. Yeah. And then it only sort of half happened. I I think Brexit is still ongoing. I don't remember, and I don't really care. So the thing goes on, and it talks about how. Uh, they will create a Texas Independence Committee, which would be established to study and make rec- recommendations regarding the most effective and expeditious method by which Texas may no. be returned to its status as an independent nation. See, that's not the way you do this. You, you don't you, you don't sort out how you're going to pay your bills and how you're going to find where you're going to live and all this other stuff before you leave the abusive spouse. No, you get the F out. Yeah, you just leave the abusive spouse. You, you can sort out all the other crap later. This is right. why New Hampshire's approach was so much better because we just, oh, we're, decl- we're, de- we're done and that's the end of it. We'll sort out all the other crap later. But first, we're beginning on square one. That we're done, and there's no undoing that. That's how you proceed. You leave, and then you sort out the other stuff. So just looking at this, there's a long section of what the things the committee should consider, uh, the renaming of the state to be the Republic of Texas, the creation of new offices. All crap that can be sorted out later. Yeah, new agencies. They're going to spend years talking about this crap. That's the problem, is you, you give this... You hand this over to bureaucrats and politicians, <laughs> and it's going to become a political football. They're going to spend. They're literally going to spend, you know, another decade trying to answer all these questions about what they should be doing. Uh, you know, free trade agreements, the- and then it's only exploratory. So even yeah. after they discuss it for the next twenty-five years, exactly what they're going to call their new Texas state. They could ultimately just say, oh, yeah, you know what? We, we're not going to secede after all. It's, this is a boondoggle, and I support the idea behind it, and I support the bill. You know, mm-hmm. I want this thing to pass. I just don't see anything good coming out of it, even if it does pass. So it appears to do those two different things. So if this bill passes, it would not require the people to vote to create the committee. The committee would be created— and then the people can also vote on the referendum. So it actually does both things sort of simultaneously. It creates the committee to study the issue. And then it also puts that question of should Texas reassert itself as an independent nation onto the ballot. But it but it in and of itself does not reassert that Correct. in the it's way that it would in New Hampshire. Yeah. Like New Hampshire, the act of voting yes was that assertion. And if it had passed, then automatically that assertion would have been made. That's right. Yep. Whereas in Texas, it's voting on whether or not they should make that assertion. And then someone, some group, has to make that assertion yeah. for them. And that's not really clear who or how exactly that would go about. Yeah, I don't it would, know what it the, would have to be the governor or the state house or I, something. I don't know what the amendment process there is, if they would need to amend their constitution for this or, or what would go on. But it is still interesting. Newsweek has the report here. Texas nationalists have been pushing unsuccessfully for a referendum for decades despite that there is no provision for the state to secede in the U.S. Constitution. Of course, this is the mainstream media. They have to repeat this refrain over and over again. 
The point of this is that the U.S. Constitution doesn't have a provision. Therefore, it does not control it. Therefore, it is left to the states and to the people to decide how to leave the union. Just think about how insane that idea is in any other context. I have a job that I work at five days a week. There is nothing in the paperwork about how I am allowed to quit this job. Great point. There's absolutely nothing in there. If some I, jobs do have that. They do. Some right. do. Right. But this one doesn't. Right. That doesn't mean I'm stuck there for life. Oh, <laughs> there's no provision allowing Arya to quit this pizza <laughs> right. place while she's just stuck there for the rest of her life and there's nothing she can do about it. That's not That's the way analogy. this works. Yeah. I can just quit and just walk away. Right. If the job wanted to put those provisions in, it could have. It same could thing, have. Same and thing I would could be true with the Constitution. probably signed it based it, on some other benefits they would have provided me. A lot of times it'll be a, a non-disclosure agreement or that you can't work for a competitor for a certain number of months. Like you wouldn't be able to leave and then go start your own pizza place or you wouldn't be able to right. go and work for uh, another pizza place. Sometimes these are things that, that uh, high-skill jobs put into their agreements. It happens with like programmers at Google or, you know... Uh, Facebook and that sort of thing. And it would have commiserately offered me something like, okay, well, we also can't just arbitrarily terminate you. Mm-hmm. Just like you can't arbitrarily quit, we also have really good reason, and we have to do all of these steps first before you can be terminated. You also have to do all of these different steps before you can quit. Right. So if that were important to the United States founders, they would have put those similar provisions into the U.S. Constitution saying, well, here are the circumstances under which you will be able to leave this agreement. They decided there weren't any such circumstances. And so therefore, and and what's it, the uh, the 10th Amendment leaves anything that is not addressed in the Constitution specifically, it's explicit about it, it leaves it to the states and to the people. Yep. So it's right there. You can just leave. Yeah. There's a list of things. I think it's, is it Article... One section ten or something. There's a there's a certain list of things. Article two, section eight. States aren't allowed to. Oh, do. Oh, never mind. I'm thinking of what Congress is allowed to do. The, but there's a certain list of things the states right. can't do, and secede's not on that list. It is not. Okay, so it doesn't address it in any way. It doesn't prohibit it in any way. But we're going to continue here uh, in a moment with the latest on Texas secession. The bill has been put forward. Hopefully, it'll get an actual public hearing. Hopefully, it'll actually get a vote. And it would be amazing, of course, if this actually went on the ballot, because if it does go on the ballot and the people of Texas vote in favor of it, that is huge. That would be an amazing thing to happen, even though it wouldn't be instant secession as we would like to see. At the very least, it would show this is going to happen. If it's popular enough, there's no way that the politicians can stand back, you know, can do anything besides get on board because they want to be popular, the politicians. There's more coming up here. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. 
Skype Live. The phones are open and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about Texas independence. It is back in the news and for good reason. There's a bill that's been filed now, HB 3596, which would actually put a referendum on the ballot that according a non-binding referendum from what we can tell yeah i mean, but, I mean it's still good to, but that, i don't want people to get too excited that tends to be the definition of a, of a referendum that they are non-binding however it would take the temperature of the texas people officially through the ballot box if it were put on the ballot and in order to do that it will have to get through the texas legislature and i presume signed by the governor uh these are Ooh. some all of this seems unlikely. Yeah, highly unlikely because the last time they tried it was 2021 and it didn't even get out of committee. But that's why I want to talk to uh, Daniel Miller. I've, I've reached out to Alu Axelman from Liberty Block. I don't have Daniel's contact information directly, but he and I are we're pretty friendly with one Alu another. Alu listens to the show, so maybe he heard that. He, he does. Well, I also texted him just okay. a moment ago. But um, Daniel Miller ha- and I have spoken on a number of occasions. He sometimes he'll. This is by the way, Daniel Miller is the guy who is like the guy behind the Texas nationalist movement. Okay, the, thank you. I knew, I knew, I yeah. knew the name, but I didn't know why. He came to Liberty Forum last right. year and was on the te- the uh, Independence panel there. Really entertaining guy. Like he's really good at at communicating these ideas. Awesome. So, so he's like in the midst of this right now. He's getting interviews and you know being on mainstream media and that that kind of thing. And so if he's got time, hopefully we'll be able to hear from him tonight. But this was like a last minute thing, so I have no expectation that he'll be able to put down whatever it is he's doing. Maybe we can nail him down for tomorrow night, though. But if he's got a time. He would know the answer to a lot of the questions, a lot of the subtleties of okay, well, does this need to get the governor's signature if it's just a referendum, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll we'll, we'll see if we can dig in a little bit deeper and learn more. But the ballot, if this thing passes, will say will have this question on it. Should the state of Texas reassert its status as an independent nation? It would also create a commission or a committee of some sort to uh, study the Texas Independence Committee, as it will be called, uh, to study and make recommendations regarding the most effective and expeditious method by which Texas may be returned to its status as an independent nation. Uh, run that by me again, because there was a lot of words there. Uh, they're going to check. They're going to study and make recommendations regarding the most effective and expeditious okay. method by which Texas may be returned to its status as an independent nation. I mean, that's a curious thing to study. I, it's, I guess, it could be a useful thing to study because they're looking for the most expeditious way, which means it generally means the, the fastest quickest. way. Yeah. But realistically, the fastest way to do this would be to simply assert it. This is true, and that's what we tried to do here in New Hampshire, and we will hopefully try to do again, because here you can only put the same bill forward once a session, and the sessions are two years in length. So we did it We did it last year. I'll put forward another four. How many goldbacks was that? 425? No, that was not right. We, we don't have to do that this time. <laughs> that okay. we only that did was that to, to satisfy Ridley. Dave Ridley. Yeah. yeah. But now, I mean, if it gets Dave Ridley to you know put in that work again, I'm willing to put down the goldbacks to, to get this out there. I'd, well, I'd rather not. I if think it's this not thing's necessary. taken on a life of its own at this point. <laughs> Dave, Dave was instrumental in helping get the ball rolling at this point, but we've got enough people that are behind this thing to where, you know, Dave sadly is actually out of New Hampshire at the moment. He's uh, his family is one of his family members is ill in Colorado, oh. so we don't know how soon we're going to see Dave back, but I'm sure he'll come back when he can. Uh, let's continue here with a little bit more from the Newsweek. I don't know if this is a hit piece, but it certainly has claimed already that. 
there's no provision for a state to secede in the U.S. Constitution. Well, while that's a true statement, it doesn't mean that it can't be done. It specifically means the Constitution doesn't have any provisions about it, which means it is left to the states to decide. You know, you've never made anyone sign any paperwork about how they can go about leaving Free Talk Live. I guess. No. Once we're here, we're stuck, man. That's just... <laughs> That's just all there is to it. I didn't know I was never going to be able to leave the studio because you didn't put an exit sign above the doorway, and now I can't find my damn way out. Secessionist hopes have been buoyed by an opinion poll last year suggesting support for independence and a call for a referendum by Texas Republicans. Of course, they didn't say the uh, the level of support, which if I recall correctly, is like 60 plus percent in Texas. Of Republicans? That's pretty, I, I pretty think good. It might, I think it might be a... Of everyone, but I have not looked. I'll have to pull up that information and see if we can find it. But the Texas now are they? Is this a actual support for secession, or is this just as a Texas pride? I say I support Texas first, sort of thing. No, this would be the actual support, and uh, this was the same poll that was done last year in New Hampshire as well. So there was one done in Texas, there was one done in New Hampshire, and there were several other states in the South that the poll was conducted. And we dug through a lot of the numbers from uh, from here in New Hampshire, but I didn't really take that much time to look at Texas. However, it won't be hard to find it. It's from a company called Survey USA, and they took a look, and uh, we actually we got to write the questions, which was the coolest thing about this poll. That we, is cool. Yeah, we didn't have to rely. You can make them as unbiased or as biased as you want. Yeah, and I, th- I feel like these are pretty pretty good questions but definitely one of the questions that we asked was should new hampshire be an independent nation or i mean i don't have the exact wording but i will i will find it here shortly because i've actually pulled up the the questions but there were 29 percent of the people of new hampshire and i believe this was registered voters if i recall correctly that had voted here that had said that they do support new hampshire being an independent nation today that 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 tracks with my the thumb that i have on the pulse of the average person through my other job uh, most people wouldn't vote for secession necessarily uh, but they do support it they're not opposed to the idea they're not going to get out there and you know put up flyers in support of it but they they don't hate the idea i don't know how to characterize what what my sense is, because this is one of the reasons that I continue to work and, you know, maintain ties with non-libertarians so I can find out exactly where they stand on some of these things. And secession obviously came up quite a bit. And I, I don't remember exactly how anyone enunciated their exact position on this, but the general feeling was that they were not necessarily ambivalent to it and they, they didn't care what happened. They did care what happened, and but they didn't support the idea. They just also didn't oppose it, which sounds like ambivalence, but it's not. Okay, so I've got the I've got the details here. The questions were different between New Hampshire and Texas. So I think the Texas folks wrote their questions, okay. and the New Hampshire people wrote their questions. So it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. So when we say that 29% of the New Hampshire respondents to this poll said they support New Hampshire being an independent country— that's what the question was. The exact question was, I would prefer New Hampshire to govern itself as an independent country. Prefer? That's that's good. Yeah, and the uh, the number of people who strongly agreed was 14%, and then 15% somewhat agreed. So that's 29%. It is. So they agreed with that. That's a really good metric. 
Texas's question was a little, a lot different. Okay, so here was the Texas question. And again, this is out of like 24 different questions. But yeah, question number two on the Texas survey was, this survey is about possible responses to political problems some may see in the United States and the solutions some people have proposed. We're specifically interested in Texas's attitudes towards the idea of making the U.S. into two or more separate countries. Would you support Texas peacefully becoming an independent country along with other conservative states or not? So, so this is more akin to the national resort that Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about. Yes, and it's a much longer question and very different as far as what the actual goal would be. However, the response was much stronger when phrased in this I can this imagine way. so. You give conservatives, you know— a nation where they don't have to work with the liberals right. and they'll be all about it. According to this, it was 32% said definitely yes, they would like to have Texas become an independent country along with other conservative states. And then t- another 28% said yes. So you're talking about 60%. Yep. 60% said yes or definitely yes. But this is not about Texas seceding from the United States. It's about Texas forming a new federal government with other conservative states, which is not the same thing at all. Yes, they would have to secede from the United States in order to form this new federal government, but they would still they would then be beholden to this new federal government. And yes, it would be conservative because they're basically kicking out the liberal states, but that's not an improvement. I mean, if you want to have your conservative state, that's fine. I support you. Go there. Conservatives in New Hampshire, you people who are upset about drag queens, Go to Texas. Absolutely. By all means. You will love Texas. Yes. If you if you hate personal freedoms. <laughs> I you, wasn't going to say that. You but. will love Texas. Texas is number 49 on the chart according to the Freedom in the 50 State study, which looks at different areas of freedom. Texas is number 49 on personal freedoms. It is almost the worst of all of the 50 states. Is Mississippi states. the worst? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. But At so, any rate, you know, they don't... From what I can tell, conservatives don't even consider those to be lost uh, personal freedoms. They consider themselves to be free there in Texas. And it's true. If you are, you know, a, a straight white Christian dude, you are completely free in Texas to be a straight white Christian dude. It's just you have less personal freedom to do and be things that are outside of that. And this is why it ranks so low on the freedom in the 50 states. Here's an interesting takeaway from the survey question on Texas independence. So we told you that 60% said definitely yes or yes uh, to the question of would you support Texas becoming peacefully becoming an independent country along with other conservative states. If you look at the Democrats, so they break it out, right? Like a lot of surveys, they have demographic breakdowns. I love graphs. If you look at the uh, Democrats response to this it's actually fairly strong so even though the question is about texas explicitly becoming a conservative nation joining with other conservative states in a new federation 36 percent uh more democrats said definitely yes than republicans did i think they probably misunderstood the question then. i don't know or they probably think that they can go to a liberal state in that eventuality maybe so Uh, which is fine if you're liberal get out of texas and go to california so more democrats said definitely yes fewer democrats said yes so the total so 36 percent said definitely yes 18 percent said yes whereas the republicans it was 33 percent saying definitely yes and 40 percent saying yes so of the republicans you got 73 percent saying yes let's break away 
Democrats, however, it's still a majority. 36 plus 18, right? Like that's... That's 54. uh, Yeah. That's That's over 50% of Democrats. That's surprising. I mean, good for them. And, you know, I want to see it. I, I, I don't want two separate nations, one conservative and one liberal, but that's an improvement it would over be. the current situation. Okay, so here's another one. So question 16, according to the Survey USA study of uh, the Texans here and what they would want. Uh, question 16, which would you prefer Texas do? Join a country formed only from states that lean Republican in the South, the heartland, and a part of the West, join a new country formed only from southern states, become completely independent from other states, except for economic trade agreements and Nothing military about alliances. independence requires you... Okay, scrap the military alliances, guys. This is how we got in this mess in the first place. The United States has all of these alliances. The alliances literally caused World War One. Why, if if anyone should have learned the dangers of alliances, it should have been everyone after World War One. Sure, we, we don't want them. It, it caused the United Kingdom to get involved in Iraq and Afghanistan. It caused the United States to get involved in Iraq and Afghanistan, and now, quite possibly, it's causing the United States to end up at war with Russia and Ukraine, and potentially at war with China over Taiwan. These are all bad things. Absolutely, they're all world-ending catastrophic potentially catastrophic things so but here are the answers and uh, cambodia isn't going to come to the aid of the united states if the united states ends up in a war with china that it can't win do you really think bolivia or whatever country the, U- the united states has an alliance with is going to do any good to help do you really think <laughs> right. mexico is going to help the united states against china if the united states is getting its ass kicked well your your points are great but we're not here to convince Texans that they need to be libertarian. Right? Fair, fair enough. Uh, but the, here are the responses. Okay, so this question kind of included the question that we asked the New Hampshireites, right? Because the question in New Hampshire was real straight and straightforward. I would prefer New Hampshire govern itself as an independent country. And we got 29% saying yes or definitely or sorry, strongly agree or somewhat agree with that. So this one includes the idea of becoming completely independent from other states with the economic and military agreements. But see, ours is better because ours is more simple and straightforward and more honest. I I tend to agree, but let's see what the results were. Because remember, it was 60% of Texans said they supported the idea of joining a conservative union and getting out from the United States. So when they broke it down to the options of... Less, sorry, lean Republican, South Heartland, part of the West, meaning joining like a regional um, group of states. Right, the conservative states that you would expect, yeah. not the coastal ones. Then it was, according to the numbers here, 11% said they would support that. Wow. New, new country made only from the southern states, 9%. Become completely independent was the, was a fairly decent number, 21%. Supported that, but not as many as in the the New Hampshire question. But then again, it was, you know, it's a, it's a more diluted question. And then forty seven percent said remain part of the United States, with thirteen percent not sure. That seems to conflict with the previous answer people gave on the sub survey, though, about whether or not they supported Texas independence and or Texas as becoming a, like a conservative yeah a union. conservative union. And well, that one wasn't a few as questions. specific. This one kind of breaks down it breaks it down into different options, right? This one gives them a couple but, of options. Right, but one of these answer, one of these options is a conservative union of these conservative states and it only got like 11% versus the 60ish percent who responded yes previously. 
Yeah. Well, it just goes to show that people are are not particularly consistent when asked uh, these these questions. It it gives credence to the to the idea I was having that these people didn't really think their answer through when they were asked this question. It just yeah, that sounds great. Here's a more straight a straightforward question. Question seventeen was: Would you support or oppose the idea of Texas holding a vote to find out whether voters want Texas to peacefully separate from the United States? So, asking people if they want this thing that's happening now, which is this new referendum that may be put on the ballot, to do they want this to happen? So, the question is basically: Do you support this non-binding referendum? Do you support this going to a vote? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, in that response, you get twenty-seven percent strongly supporting and twenty-three percent somewhat supporting. So, uh, again, so barely half the nation yeah. or half the people in Texas support democracy. Fifty percent. There's twenty-one percent that are on the fence, though, with a not sure on that. So you can move. You can move the needle on that one. Yeah, but this comes back to the whole issue we had in New Hampshire as well, which is that. Everyone loves democracy, except me and except you. We hate democracy, but everyone democracy else. is just two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner. That's why right, it sucks. But, but the vast majority of Americans are like, boy, gosh darn it, I love me some democracy. Well, they've been programmed by the government schools. Right, but when actually presented with the possibility of democracy and allowing people to actually vote on something that could actually have an impact, they're against it. Or at, mm. at barely... in support of it. And in New Hampshire, we couldn't get the legislature, the actual people elected to allow people, created the system to allow the people of New Hampshire to have a vote. Couldn't even support the idea of allowing the people of New Hampshire to have said vote. If I recall correctly, the vote, uh, there was a vote question on the New Hampshire poll and it was 42% that supported putting it to a poll, putting it to the, uh, the voters. Still, so it was higher than fifty percent. It was higher than the twenty nine percent that wanted independence now, right? So it's and and again, there's a lot of people on the fence. Uh, There's a lot of people with the I don't know answer, and so you have to remember when you know thirty years ago, before California had passed its referendum to uh, legalize cannabis for medicinal purposes, the number of people who were in favor of cannabis legalization was lower than it is today you know that's what we need what we need as horrible as it is and i feel like dick cheney even saying this what we need is the federal government to start cracking down on states that have legalized pot hmm. to start arresting people in large numbers not gonna happen or a run i know and they because they know that that's the best be way unpopular. to get states yeah. to actually start seriously consider seceding uh, another question here. What, this is again from the Texas survey. Would you support or oppose the idea of Texas setting a date to be independent from the U.S., recruiting other states to join a federation, and peace, peacefully negotiating withdrawal from the U.S., even if it's uncertain whether other states would join Texas in separating from the U.S.? So no, is, no, you don't, you don't negotiate with terrorists. I tend to agree. But regardless, here's the, the, uh, the response. You got 22% saying they strongly support that and 20% saying they somewhat support it. So 40% with about 23% saying they were not sure on that question. So this is all fairly positive. Yeah, there There's are worse things. There's a lot of people there that are willing to support this in Texas. And, you know, I if you want to... If we had a realistic chance of getting, you know, one of these questions passed and it was watered down like the Texas one, I would 100% support it. Even Mm -hmm. as I've been saying these things like, oh, that's too weak. We need to just declare our independence with Ernie Hancock and be done with it. Right. Yeah. 
But I say these things because, as we talked about, we know it's not going to happen. It's all about getting the conversation started. And as I've mentioned previously, it's all about normalizing this idea. The crazier I sound, the more likely your less crazy idea is to actually succeed. So, And the, the, the more often I sound crazy, the less crazy I sound to people who hear me. So it's all just a matter of strategy. Just keep, keep going 100% all the way as extreme as possible. And then your less extreme approaches have a higher chance of success. Let's continue here with your calls and thoughts. Ricky is on the line in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Ricky. Thank you there, Brother Ryan. Sister Aria. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was sitting here debating, but I'm going to go with this one. Now, you've heard me talk about my disgust for the public school system in the past. You know, Brother Ian? Okay. And and an an experiment that failed, plain and simple. Everything. I think it was a a dramatic success. The public school system was designed to indoctrinate the students, the young people (laughs) of the country, into the belief that the government is great, that the government is good, that the government is necessary, and to turn them into little drone workers that would go and get a job in corporate America, never question uh, their circumstances in life, and you know just pay taxes until they reproduce and then ultimately die. And man, I am clipping that for TikTok. It worked very, very well at that. In fact, I'll throw a point to do that. Go to McDonald's or somewhere like that, and they get the 15-year-old trainee there, you know, and say your bill's like $8.36, right? Well, if you give them $8.36, they don't have a problem with that. If you give them a $20 bill, they don't have a problem with that. But here, you do this. This is how you get a manager involved. Give them a $20 bill and 36 cents. Because the register now is is rendered useless. That's not necessarily true for all people. And I don't think that's a school or education system. Some people are just better at doing math in their heads than others. Like, I'm really good at it. If I buy something Mm. at a gas station that's like 633 and I have a 20, I will tell the attendant, give me $13.67 on pump four or whatever. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, it completely blows their mind that I can do this and just do it that quickly. That doesn't mean I'm smarter than them or I'm more educated than them. It just means that I've thought more about math than they have. All right, but there is one thing that PA did right, and I say they used to do it right, because it came to an end like a year or so ago. Now, when I went to go start the public school at five, I was already at a second grade level. So, And I actually knew about this from my parents. They had to do it. I had to do it when I was in school. Do what? Generation Y, I'm going to tell you. Generation Y had to do it after me. And this is one thing they did right, but it was just recently a year or so ago discontinued. At the tail end of the second grade, this would happen. The teacher would hand everybody a piece of paper, and they would say to do one thing. She would say, write this down, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Now, easy enough, right? But here's what happens if you get it wrong. If you get it wrong, this was done all across PA. Like I said, it made the news when they stopped doing it about a year or so ago. This crazy thing the PA did. Hold, hold now, on. Got, I, I want to make sure I understand. They had you write down the phrase, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That's what they did? That's it. And here's what they would do if you get it wrong. Well, what do you mean you get it wrong? You just have to write down what they said. Yeah, how would you get it wrong? If you spell it wrong, say. Here's okay. what would happen. Here's what would happen. Or you missed something or whatever. 
what they would do is first thing that would happen is you'd get a, their, your parents would get a call. That's number one. Second thing they would do is you would have to repeat the second grade. But also, that's not yeah, true. right. It gets even, oh, it gets better. Uh, cool story, bro. We'll call another time about the uh, the remainder of it. Uh, and it's proof that it worked on Ricky because he is yep. obsessed with the, the idea that Pennsylvania is a commonwealth instead of a state, even though there's no real difference between the two from what anyone on the outside can tell. I know he's fuming over that one, but he'll have to call another <laughs> night about it. Thanks for the call, Ricky. The number is 603-283-6160, and I don't buy that story for a moment. But it's a good one. Uh, hour number two is coming up. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian and Aria. I do have the word into Daniel Miller of uh, Texas Nationalist Movement fame. He's the president of the TNM down there since we've been talking about the Texas Independence Bill that has been put in. What does TNM stand for? Texas Nationalist Movement. Okay. that's the He's the president of that group. Okay, nice. And they've been at it for something like three decades now down there in Texas, helping spread the word about independence for Texas. And he's also just a big supporter of independence in general, which is why he keeps in touch with us here in New Hampshire. And he's always given us tips and you know things that he's learned from, again, his three decades of, of already doing this. It's like, why should we reinvent the wheel when this guy with right. all this expertise is uh, more than happy to help us? So really appreciate Daniel and everything that he does. Uh, I was able to reach him during the news break there, and he says he is at the Texas Rodeo or the Houston Rodeo right now, which, of course, you would expect. He is right? in Texas. Yep. Uh, so, but he says he's going to try to call in when he gets a, a when he can get away or whatever. Okay, so, very cool. So we may very well yet uh, hear from him tonight on the new bill HB thirty five ninety six, the Texas Independence Referendum Act that was filed yesterday by uh, State Representative Brian Slayton. They say here this is from the Newsweek story. Quote: The Texas Constitution is clear that all political power resides in the people. Said Slayton in a statement. He said further, after decades of continuous abuse of our rights and liberties by the federal government, it is time to let the people of Texas make their voices heard. All true statements. If the uh, bill is passed, it would place a referendum on Texas's ballot during the next general election in 2024. If a majority vote yes, a committee would be established. Now, that's not the way I read the bill, but you know, I'm not an expert at, at reading bills. Well, the way we read it, and again, as you said, we're not experts, it sounds like it would, I mean, yes, create this committee, but also tell the committee that people wanted to secede, right? But it's non-binding, so I don't, I think the only thing the bill actually does is, yes, creates the committee. Everything else, it just sort of advises. That's the way uh, that I have seen this bill. But again, I, like I said, it's a it's a fairly lengthy bill. It's probably three or th- maybe two or three pages uh, in length. New Hampshire was a, was a paragraph. Ours was two sen- two sentences. Yeah, basically, I, it's an internet paragraph where yeah. on the internet you write two sentences and then you line break to the next paragraph. Two sentences. 
so then they would establish this committee that would investigate the feasibility of independence from the union and propose options and potential plans for independence to the Texas legislature. Slayton's bill has been condemned by lawmakers on both sides of the aisle in Texas. Republican State Representative Jeff Leach said... This ridiculous bill is the very definition of hypocritical and seditious treason. It is already dead, tweeted the Republican representative Jeff Leach. Oh boy, we care what people who get sold our rights to Lockheed Martin and Raytheon have to say. Texas Democrats said Republicans backing the bill were anti-American. Yeah, like literally, like by definition, that's what it means to be... Look, I'm well, not anti-United States. Right. I was about to make that exact clarification, which is a clear difference. Like the idea of America, I think a lot of people like the idea of America, this place that people around the world who are seeking freedom could migrate to and attain ostensibly more freedom than where they were born or where they were trying to leave this great sort of shining beacon of liberty to the rest of the world. That's what America was supposed to be. The United States, however became this political organization of what was supposed to be independent nations essentially coming together under this idea of federalism. The United That's States, what state literally means. Yeah, the United States became a, an empire. It became yep. a world-dominating, hegemonic empire that has destroyed liberty, not just within the United States, but in plenty of other countries all around the world. You know, Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq. I mean, you can just, Vietnam, you can just name all kinds of, I'm not saying Vietnam was free, but it's right. just, it certainly destroyed the literal lives of those people, which is destroying their liberties. And the word state got neutered by the United States to such a degree that people don't even recognize that the state of New Hampshire is every bit as sovereign as the state of Germany or as the state of Italy. And when you say this to people on the left, they're like, no, no, state means something different here. No, it, it really doesn't. All it means, the only thing that's different here is that we have a federal government that has, we have a European Union that has said, no, Germany, you don't get to be a state anymore. You're at our mercy. That That's the only thing that's different between the United States and the European Union is that our federal government maintains a much tighter control on us. But New Hampshire is meant to be a state with all of the sovereignty and independence and autonomy that you find in Germany or Italy or the Greece or any other European Union state. That's what state means. Sure, they can band together to create this federal government, this this treaty organization like NATO or whatever, mm-hmm. but they're still supposed to be independent, independent. sovereign states. Yeah, and it's, it hasn't turned out that way. But to to leave the United States, to leave the Union... Is not anti-American. That is, in fact, very American. That is a very American thing to do. If you consider yes. that, in order to create America as we know it, it had to; those people had to leave the auspices of control of the King of Great Britain. Well, I think it's. I think we should probably stop. Call, I haven't given that much thought, but I think we should probably stop calling it America, right? Because I think that ties into the. The patriotism, the insane patriotism that we see in the United States. Well, America is more than just the United right, States. America is two continents. Right. It's the North America and South America. And the Correct. United States is like not even half of the North American continent. Mm-hmm. But when any, anyone in the United States says America. They don't mean Mexico. No, they mean the United States specifically. Yeah. They don't mean Canada. They don't mean North America. They don't mean South America. They mean the United States. But by tying these ideas together where United States equals America equals freedom equals liberty equals mm-hmm. all of these other things, they they warp people's mentality. Yeah, that's true. Well, here's the thing. It's the United States of America, right? Yes. So 
it's not the continent of America. It is not the nation of America. There is no nation of America. The United States is that nation, if you will, and that's what we're trying to leave. We're not leaving America. New Hampshire or Texas or whoever it is that secedes first, peacefully secedes from the United States, they're not going to float out into uh, the ocean. (laughs) The place is still going to be part of America, and that means that by definition, people born in in New Hampshire, people born in an independent Texas will still be Americans. Yeah, and it's silly to think that, oh, well, Russia will just invade New Hampshire or whatever. Like, really? Do you think the it's United ridiculous. States is just going to stand there and watch and watch Russia invade Canada or Mexico or insert any well, North America? I don't want to rely other... on the United States for, for protection. No, but it's silly to think that it could even happen. It is. It is absurd. But, I mean, look, is Russia invading uh, the Caribbean islands? Is no. Russia invading Iceland? No. Is Russia in, you, know, you can go, Is Russia invading Cuba? Is Russia invading? You could just put in any other country on the planet, and the answer is no. The only place Russia is invading is the one right next door to them, and they're having a tremendous difficult time with it. Right? Like it hasn't won yet. It's been a year now that they've been at war in Ukraine, and it's still going. They still are calling in uh, conscripts. Right? They're they're yeah. enslaving their own citizens to go and fight this uh, battle in Ukraine. The idea that Russia or China, of course, China's usually the big fear that you hear from most people. They usually don't mention yeah. Russia invading. It's China, which, of course, is all the way on the other side of the world from New Hampshire. And to my knowledge, China, since you know its founding after World War II or refounding or whatever you would call it, has never invaded another country. No, that can't be true. Is that really true? No, not since not since the twentieth century. I don't believe. Okay, you might be right. I mean, they're they're rattling the saber. I could about be ta- wrong. They're rattling the saber about Taiwan, but that's right. like a little island right off their and, coast. And I don't know is, is Taiwan part of China? I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. But Taiwan it, doesn't think so. It's very similar to the dispute between Russia and Ukraine, mm-hmm. which is like there's a long history here. And colonial yeah. European powers got in the way, and they made Taiwan free and separate, and they did they they you know colonized places. And I'm not wading into this one. Is all I'm saying. There, there's too much history there. There's too much bad faith. There's sure. too much bad blood. China has its reasons. Taiwan has its reasons. And uh, the United Kingdom got in the way and screwed up. Or the British Empire got in the way and screwed up everything. I don't know that there's a good solution at this point. But I'm not getting involved. It's not my problem. Right. I mean, if, the people of Taiwan, if you don't want to be part of China, and you... You're going to have to fight, maybe, at some point. Or leave. Well, I mean, it would be nice if, if the people of the world who wanted to leave a tyrannical state could do that easily. But there's True. nowhere in the world that will just say, come on in. And I hope that someday New Hampshire will be that place. You the know? United States was supposed to be that place. It was, and it's not. And it, it makes me so angry that it's not. For a time, it was. And look how much beautiful stuff resulted from yeah, that. Yeah. America was the most prosperous nation in the world, the most technological, and we are still the most technologically advanced nation in the world, but that we're probably going to really lose true? that race at some point. I don't think that's true. I think you know, the but, internet access is better in some other places like Japan or, or wherever. True. But the, bre- the best and brightest minds, they came to the United States they from yeah. Albert Einstein did not want to stay in Germany, mm-hmm. he brought his talents to the United States, and this is true of Niels Bohr and so many other brilliant physicists mm. and just people in general. They came to the United States for its freedom because it represented ideas right. that they could support, like now, liberty. We're lucky if, 
if we can retain uh, smart people here. Yeah. Because, you know, like, for instance, in the Bitcoin industry, we're seeing Bitcoiners are probably the smart ones are going to be leaving the United States. They're going to be going uh, and taking their businesses elsewhere where they cannot have the government destroying their uh, their business by throwing their uh, their friends in prison or snatching up their Bitcoin vending machines. There's a whole story in the news. I don't know if we're going to get to it tonight about a, a major Bitcoin vending machine company having all of their machines seized, over 50 machines seized by the government. And now the state of Ohio is bringing dozens of felony charges against the operators. Just absolutely insane. Well, hopefully they, the state of Ohio did not get the Bitcoin in those machines. I don't know. I mean, the Bitcoins don't actually contain any Bitcoin. The they most of the machines don't. Well, yeah, no, they true. they have access to a wallet that contains the Bitcoin. And most they, of them don't even do it that way. Most of them just connect really? you to an exchange. Really? And they're like oh, basically a middleman. Well, okay. So uh, the Constitution they claim here in this Newsweek, uh, let's call it a hit piece now, makes no provision for states to secede. The Supreme Court ruled in the 1869 case Texas versus White that states can't unilaterally secede from the Union. Quote. The union between Texas and the other states was as complete, as perpetual, and and as indissoluble as the union between the original states, said the ruling. Yeah, and that's complete nonsense for, for a number of reasons. But just two years ago, the Supreme Court had ruled that a woman's right to privacy meant that she had the right to have an abortion. That was legal precedent. Mm-hmm. That's been changed. Yep. Nothing that the Supreme Court has said can't be undone yeah, it's not in stone no that is for sure and, it, and if the supreme court does its job correctly they will undo bad law and it doesn't matter if this thing goes on to the ballot and 60 70 percent of texas voters say yeah we want to we want to leave we want to reassert this is the, the language in the the bill is to reassert texas's independence uh, or reassert Texas's status as an independent nation. Yes, we want to reassert that. What are you going to do about it? You've got 70% of the people of this huge nation, 20-something, I think 26, 29 million people, somewhere in that range. There's a lot of people yes. in Texas. And the fact is, a lot of these politicians who are talking crap about independence right now, if they find out that it's popular, all of a sudden they're going to change their opinions Or they're going to lose because they're going to be up against politicians who are going to embrace the idea of independence because that's what politicians do. These are not thought leaders. Okay, as much as the as as much as the mainstream media likes to call politicians leaders, quote unquote, it's a load of garbage. These people want to be liked. They want to win elections so they can have positions of power. And so they will. uh, The old example is. A politician is somebody who runs out and finds a parade and runs out in front of it. And then they act like they've been there the whole time because they want you to believe they're on board with this. So if there's enough people, if there's enough popular support for independence for Texas, it doesn't matter what the damn Supreme Court says. What are they going to do? And to say nothing of just the insanity, right? If I'm in an abusive relationship... Of course, the the person I'm leaving is going to say, no, you can't leave me. Mm-hmm. You have to stay. You depend on me. You'll never survive without me. And then they'll, they'll go through all the stages. If you, if you try to leave me, I will find you and I will drag you back. You know, it's all of the stuff that you would expect from an abusive spouse is exactly what the United States government I've has only, done here. I've only been hitting you because I love you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they'll beg. They'll plead. They'll threaten. 
they'll get crazy. I mean, and they will fulfill most of those things. We've seen the United States get violent against states that wanted to leave. We've seen it. We've seen the husband beat the hell out of his spouse when his spouse tried to leave. We've already watched it happen. But you know what? That doesn't mean you just stay and withstand the pushing and the shoving and the yelling so that you don't have to deal with the hitting. No, you leave. And if you get caught and dragged back, then you leave again. And you keep leaving until you successfully get away from this abusive monster. Great point. The Texas nationalist movement, also known as Texit, has been working to make independent or rather make Texas an independent nation again for almost 20 years. We view this as a a once-in-a-generation opportunity to put this question to the people of Texas, said Daniel Miller, the organization's president. Miller, who worked with legislators to get the bill filed. that's the guy we're hoping is going to call us, right? He has said he he will try his best to call in tonight. Uh, He worked with the legislators to get the bill filed, said there's broad support for secession, pointing to a poll from last year that found nearly two-thirds of likely voters want Texas to become an independent country. The poll by Survey USA, which we went over in the last hour, found 32% of Texans said definitely yes, and 28% said yes to the idea of Texas peacefully becoming an independent country with other conservative states was the rest of the question they didn't right. put in here. But still, uh, well, it's, it's good not really accurate to say. I mean, it's not wrong to say nearly two thirds, but it's not as accurate as it would be to say roughly 60 percent. Right. It sounds I'm surprised better. that new Newsweek gave them the extra six percent, basically. Yeah. It, it uh, sounds better to say about two thirds. Sure but does. And it's it not true. I mean, yeah, I guess technically it is true. We're connecting with new Texas voters all the time and elevating the conversation, said Miller. According to him, issues that are driving support for Texas include immigration and unrestricted debt and spending at the federal level. Some are determined not to discuss the issue because, quote, it brings up some really uncomfortable truths about the relationship of Texas and the federal system, he said. Further, he added, we're committed to not only forcing the conversation, but giving the people of Texas a concrete choice on whether or not we're going to reclaim our destiny as an independent nation. And by the way, the Texas Constitution makes it clear that they have the right to decide their own destiny as far as being you know, a free and independent well, this Texas. Was, this was enshrined in everything the Founding Fathers ever wrote. And I, I'm not a big fan of the Founding Fathers. Don't get me wrong. They had their issues, and I don't sure. believe in idolatry. So, and they certainly did their, their share of evil things. But, right, like every single one of them pointed out that it is our destiny. We determine the government that we want. Thomas Paine even wrote about this in The Rights of Men. He said, there is no government more insolent and more tyrannical than being governed by the dead. And when you say Mm -hmm. we can't leave the United Kingdom or we can't leave the British Empire because that's what our... That's what our ancestors wanted. They wanted us to stay there. Then you're surrendering surrendering your autonomy and your control over to people who are dead, whose cares and concerns are completely removed from this world because they're not alive anymore. And you're letting those dead people from 100 years ago or 200 years ago tell you what kind of government you're allowed to have. Like the uh, guy that wrote Texas v. White, the uh, Supreme Court justice that was appointed by Lincoln. Yes. who was a tyrant who would do absolutely anything to keep the union together. Similarly, I suspect that back when America or the, the, the initial colonies seceded from the UK, seceded from the king, I guarantee you the king or whoever the hell, whatever Supreme Court that he might have had at the time would have said the exact same thing. Oh, <laughs> well, you can never leave. There, actually, there absolutely were. Edmund Burke was one of them. And he wrote, 
I, I don't remember the book that Edmund wrote. Thomas Paine's response to it was called The Rights of Man. Hmm. But Edmund Burke, who was a, a Brit- loyalist. Brit- yeah, he lived in the British Empire, mm-hmm. right? He he was one of the he was one of the political thinkers, one of the influential writers of his okay. day, and he was one hundred percent pro British Empire, but he wrote this massive 200-page thing about why the colonies shouldn't be independent, why they're not allowed to be independent, and mm-hmm. it all ultimately boiled down to exactly that monstrous idea was that people who were dead decided this, and they're, they're your actual governors. No, we govern ourselves, not people who lived 150 years ago. It's up to us, the people living now, to determine what type of government we want. And if we don't want the government we have, then it's our right. It's our duty to mm-hmm. abolish it. And establish one that we find more suitable. And uh, the words that just came out of your mouth are basically a paraphrase of what the yes. New Hampshire Constitution says in Article 10, which is the right of revolution. So both Texas and New Hampshire have constitutional provisions that make it clear that these people have the right to do self-governance, that have the right to create whatever kind of government and abolish whatever kind of government that they want to. And the only defense, these, the only argument these people have against is, well, the federal government says you don't. Well, duh. As we've, as we've just established repeatedly, they're going to want the states at their mercy. The, the abusive partner wants the wife or the abused partner at their mercy. They don't want them to be equal and have their own finances and their own right. checking account, their ability to leave. They don't want that because they're power-hungry, abusive monsters. State Representative Kyle Biederman in Texas introduced the bill that called for a similar referendum in 2021. That bill ultimately failed. But last year, Texas Republicans adopted a measure in the Texas GOP party platform that called for a referendum on secession. And this is an example of where Texas has it um, on top of New Hampshire. They're beating New Hampshire on this area. Aria, you called for a similar referendum, or rather, uh, whatever you call it, a plank in the party platform of the GOP here in New Hampshire. I think that was last year that you did that, and that was shot down big time by (laughs) uh, the party there. I forgot about that. Yes, Texas, fun. Texas Republicans have, have a leg up on us on that one. They actually did adopt... That particular plank for the New Hampshire Republicans said it's anathema to the Republican Party of New Hampshire. <laughs> well, that'll change over time as more free staters get involved, I suspect. But as Miller pointed out, every time the issue has come before the legislature, we've gained more ground, he said. With the state's legislature dominated by Republicans, Miller is hopeful the bill will pass this time. He said, quote, you never know what happens in the lead up, but at this point, it's really ours to lose. We would not be pushing so hard for a referendum if we saw there was a chance in the world that we would lose it. So his optimism uh, is really great. Uh, he's Hopefully he'll be able to call in here tonight, Daniel Miller from the Texas Nationalist Movement. There's also, uh, he got quoted in another Newsweek story, which came out at the end of February in regards to this Marjorie Taylor Greene promoting so-called national divorce and some of the state secessionists responding to that. We can share that story with you coming up here in a moment. If you want to weigh in on Texas independence, if you think it's a terrible idea, we'd love to hear from you. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. If you just love the federal government, you think we should be saddled with them for all eternity, then we want to hear from you. You can join us. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live.
It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open. You can join us here. You can bring up anything you want, although we're focusing in on Texas independence here tonight. Secession as a, a general concept in Texas has been leading the way in a lot of different areas, uh, specifically in doing very effective outreach to the people of Texas over the last three decades to change people's minds, to get people off of the fence and get them uh, get their objections answered, because there are a lot of valid or invalid objections to the ideas of independence. But those do need to be answered uh, for a lot of people before they can change their minds and, and get on board. In the same way that objections had to be answered about legalizing marijuana to get a majority and then ultimately a supermajority of the people of the United States or any given state in favor of that. These are things that take time. Yeah, but sadly, too many of the times, I think some of these objections people raise aren't actually objections or they're... They're not people looking for an honest answer to a question that they're genuinely curious about. It's them offering up a what they think is an excuse about why it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Like they say, well, what are you going to do? It's just like when you talk about anarchy and people are, well, who's going to the build the roads? Yeah. It's yeah. They're not actually concerned about the roads. And they, they don't want you to actually answer because libertarians have answered that question endlessly. Well, they, I mean, they just want an excuse to, to be against the idea. I don't know. I mean, that's certainly a cynical view of things. I think that some people have never heard libertarians answer the question about the roads, and that's one of the things that they bring up. I mean, I think there are some that definitely do not want an answer, like the people who are absolutely opposed to our ideas. Like you see them in the NBC Boston documentary series about the Free State Project, which we mentioned earlier tonight, NBCBoston.com slash Free State. The enemies of liberty in that particular uh, showing like Zandra Hawkins, who's uh, who runs a group called Granite State Progress. She's not an intellectually honest person. She, I wish they would rename themselves to Enemies of Liberty. It would be far more accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, she's 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 a very dishonest person, and she doesn't want to have an actual conversation. She certainly doesn't want to have a debate uh, or a discussion with anybody in the Free State Project, and that's because her job is to back the state. Her job is to back big government. That's what she's here for. But the average person who comes up where, with you know with a quick objection about, well, what about the roads or what about the federal government invading uh, the United States? In many cases, these are their visceral or their initial response. Maybe they haven't thought about it very hard, and they probably haven't. Uh, so they need somebody to give them those answers. And the Texas Nationalist Movement has been doing that for a long time. Uh, and that's uh, kudos to them. They're, they're doing an amazing job. But, of course, it's always fun to look at the other side, the people that are the loyalists, the people that The are, Tories. The, was, were the Tories the lo- loyalists? I think so. Anyway. I, I, I was sure when I said it. I'm less, so, I'm less sure now. You, you may know. I don't know a lot about the, the details of back then. But there was a group of people who supported staying with the king, yeah. and they were called the loyalists. And those same people still exist today. They just support staying with the federal government. They're federal government loyalists, and there's a ton of them. There's a lot of people, especially those in the halls of power, uh, who want to keep things status quo. They certainly don't want to shake anything up uh, and change things that could possibly benefit the very people they purport to represent, including this guy, Jeff Leach, who is, I guess he's like a state rep there in Texas. Doesn't really say for sure. 
what he is, but he certainly sounds like he's run for state rep if he isn't currently one, but I think he is. Anyway, uh, he cites the announcement by state rep Brian Slayton, who was the person that filed the bill HB 3596 that would actually put the question on the ballot in Texas as to whether or not Texas should reassert its independent nation status. Jeff Leach at Leach for Texas on Twitter said this about it. He said, This same state representative who here is violating his very oath of office will proudly pledge allegiance to the American flag every day when we commence the Texas legislative session. And that may be a a, a legitimate criticism. And if so, this person, uh, the guy uh, Brian Slayton who filed the bill, should not be pledging allegiance to the American flag. No one should. Well, I agree with that, but especially people who are in favor of secession. If you are in favor of independence for Texas, New Hampshire, California, wherever you happen to be, the last thing you should be doing is pledging allegiance to the United States. you got to wipe that habit out. Okay? That's Indeed. Cross it off your list. That is done. It is an indoctrination pledge. It was designed by a socialist in the late 1800s to brainwash young people and others into the belief in the almighty state. And it seems to work for exactly that purpose. Right. So that may be a legitimate criticism by by Jeff Leach of this this guy. I can't say for sure. But then he goes on. I mean, obviously, right? If the guy actually says the Pledge of Allegiance, then it's a legit criticism. Absolutely. That's totally like hypocritical to say on one hand you support independence and then on the other hand pledge allegiance. Brian Slayton, uh, again, it was the state repping question. So Jeff Leach goes on his attack with his attack. He says, this ridiculous bill is the very definition of hypocritical and seditious treason. And it is already dead. I mean, didn't, didn't we look up the definition of this and find that it, it didn't qualify, that peaceful secession, peaceful independence does not qualify as sedition and treason? Exactly right. So I pulled up the definition of sedition here because treason doesn't per se have to always do with uh with violence and i think treason is an irrelevant charge in the first place right like okay sure i'm treasonous to the united states government that just means i'm not loyal to this immoral gang of liars thieves lunatics and killers like that's that to me is not immoral it's not a crime it's not even a statement worth saying well notice he used the word seditious treason So let's look up the word sedition. According to Dictionary.com, incitement of discontent or rebellion against a government. Any action, especially in speech or writing, promoting such discontent or rebellion. So generally, and then definition three is an archaic definition of rebellious disorder. Generally, we're talking about something that involves rebellion. Well, when you look into what rebellion is, it is open, organized, and armed resistance to one's government or ruler. So this is an armed, violent resistance he's talking about here. This is armed rebellion, armed sedition. That's what sedition, that's what rebellion means. And that's not what the people are doing in Texas. Right. That's not what they're doing at all. The actual wording of this is, uh, I believe the word peaceful actually shows up in here, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so it's not in the actual bill. Well, it should be, because I think that's that's critical to any secession movement. You want to make it clear from the beginning that you are not making an enemy of the United States and that you are not declaring war or any other nonsense like that. You're just ending a relationship. But regardless, the statement that would be placed on the ballot does not say 
should the nation of Texas or the state of Texas rise in armed rebellion against the United States? It says, should the state of Texas reassert its status as an independent nation? That's simply a proclamation. That's just simply saying, we are not part of your thing anymore. Goodbye. And that's fine. There should be a peaceful separation. That's a beautiful thing. We see peaceful changes in governments happening every year or every two years in the United States, and it works just fine. When, when there's peace and when people are allowed to just do their own thing, it works. There's no need to bring guns and violence into this. Guns and violence don't make anything better ever. All we need is to change the government. There was an interesting uh, hearing that happened last year in New Hampshire that addresses this question of is peaceful independence seditious? Is it rebellion? Is it an insurrection? These are three words that the uh, loyalists love to just toss out there as though it's all true. Right. And what actually happened, this is one of the areas where New Hampshire might have been, uh, might be a little further along than Texas, because this woman named Karen actually brought a complaint to the what they call the Ballot Law Commission here in New Hampshire. And she had told this commission... That she first she wrote a letter and then she appeared in front of them and a bunch of us who support like a independence Karen. yeah a bunch of us who support independence went to see the actual hearing where she appeared but what she said was was that this was sedition that the state reps who voted to allow the people of New Hampshire to vote on the question of independence the thirteen state reps she said that none of them should be allowed to run for office ever again because they have violated their oath of office and because they're calling for sedition and they're calling for you know insurrection and this is illegal, it's treasonous, etc. The whole thing. The same yep. stuff this guy, Jeff Leach in Texas, is saying. This woman wanted to have the ballot commission throw these people out from running for re-election and bar them from ever running for state rep again. And that would be a pretty serious thing for them to do. Yeah, that would, it would. That would basically back up the loyalists claim that this was seditious, that this was, uh, you know, uh, violent, that this was, you know, something that needed to be stopped. It was illegal. And what happened at that hearing? She got shut the F down. This woman failed miserably at her attempt to stop these state reps from running. But not only did the ballot law commission vote to toss her complaint out before they did so, the attorney general got to have a statement to the Ballot Law Commission, specifically speaking to the question of insurrection, the question of uh, rebellion. The New Hampshire Attorney General did this? The New Hampshire Attorney General. Sununu's little puppet puppet guy. Correct. The Attorney General's the top cop, right? These are the people that, if it were treason, they would be bringing charges. We sang Christmas carols outside of his house, or libertarian carols. It wasn't him specifically. It was one of his assistants. Oh, okay. But the attorney general's office officially had their guy there, and he made a statement to the ballot law commission that said, and I'm paraphrasing, It's there's video on the Freekeen uh, Odyssey channel at video.freekeen.com. You can watch it for yourself. But this guy said crystal clear that rebellion and insurrection, sedition, these things— they involve violence. And this is not violence. This is putting, this is using the system to put a question on the ballot for the people to vote on. This is all completely legal. This is all within the system, working within the system to try to change the system. There's nothing insurrectionist about it. There's nothing rebellious about this. And it is not treason because if it was, 
you better believe they would have arrested those guys. You better yep. believe the state representative, Matt Santanastasso, and Mike Sylvia, and the other uh, 11 reps that voted for this would have been put in handcuffs. They would have been charged with treason or rebellion or whatever BS nonsense it would be. But they weren't, and the AG affirmed that this is peaceful. This is not a crime. So this whole claim uh, in Texas by this Jeff Leach that this is seditious treason is absolute fear-mongering, and it's ridiculous nonsense. It is. And and that should be obvious. Like, the federal government, they have their eyes on the Free State Project. They have mm. their eyes on enemy in particular. Yeah, and they do. we talked about secession and declaring peaceful independence the entire time of which we've been on pretrial supervised release with the FBI and, you know, the U.S. probation officer yep. literally watching the show. Oh, yeah. So if it was criminal... We would have heard about it by now. Yeah, they, they would have violated our bail. Yeah, we would have we would have been hit with treason charges or something. But it's not treasonous. No. It's exercising our rights. This leech character in Texas says any legislator who signs on to support this reckless, seditious, and treasonous bill will not pass a single bill this session. This, Good lord, that's so that's so capricious. This isn't a threat. It's a promise, he said. So if you support this thing. They're going, okay, so support all of the nonsense that this guy supports then, and you'll make sure that he's ultimately shooting himself in the foot, right? That's a, that's a very peculiar thing to say. It's like, well, if you is, support this, I'll make sure everything you do fails. That's, that, that's politics. That's, what these, that's how scummy these people are. And that's, how, that's one of the reasons why a lot of the state reps here in New Hampshire who should have supported secession didn't. Because Cowardice? Yes, because of people like this Jeff Leach. Those people exist in the New Hampshire legislature, too. And yeah. those people will say th- will will have done the exact same thing. Whereas if, you know, some state rep had been currying favor with the other Republicans for the last two terms that they've been in there, and then all of a sudden they sign on for secession, that might piss off some of their Republican buddies who are all pro, pro-government, pro-American government. Uh, or pro-United States, and then they may withdraw support for some of their bills to punish uh, the secession supporters. So this is like typical stuff. This is one of the reasons why it's hard to get state reps to uh, to make the move on this. He uh, then goes and threat- threatens another, uh, I don't know if this is another state rep, Teresa Beckmeyer. He says, you want to publicly devote yourself to treason, uh, treason and sedition against the United States of America? Fine. But count me and the vast, vast majority of freedom-loving Texans out on this nonsense. Well, look, there was a poll done, dude. Yep. And it was 60% of your freedom-loving Texans who supported the idea of Texas becoming an independent nation along with other conservative states. And I find it curious that he would describe himself as a Texan rather than an American, given that the whole subject here is whether or not he's a Texan or an American. And he's very clearly coming down on the side of, I'm an American first. But then stop calling yourself a Texan. Texan. You're not a Texan. Which is it? You can't be both, right? You're an American. Sorry. Yeah, that is a good point, uh, and and th- that's one of the reasons why Texas is such a good and you know sort of ripe ground for independence is because there is a lot of love for Texas amongst yeah. the people of Texas. You know, they've got their whole everything's bigger in Texas. There's all these slogans and and all that. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, I don't know if you want to call it Texas pride or whatever, but that that's a real thing down there. It and is. it's true in New Hampshire as well. I think. And so the idea of what we need to be doing here, those of us who support independence, and this is true of anyone anywhere, is to foster that and to 
to dissuade people from doing things like flying the American flag. Go ahead and fly the Texas flag. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I don't. Well, I mean, I don't love. I don't love the government. Right. I don't love the Texas government. I don't love the New Hampshire government. I am not in favor of states at all. But I am in favor of decentralization and uh, getting fewer power centers smaller, right? Or like more more centers, but smaller centers of power. Yes. So if we can have 50 states with 50 state capitals and all of them be completely independent nations, that's way better than having the federal government. So to that extent, I'm willing to wave the New Hampshire flag because it can help deprogram people. Because that's yes. so important. It comes back to that whole uh, saying the Pledge of Allegiance. you got to give that crap up. I know they had you do it every single day while you were in government school, which is, of course, the point of government schools to indoctrinate you into loving the government. And part of that is doing their prayer and their chant every single day, the prayer to the state, which is the Pledge of Allegiance. So that's step one. Now, I stopped doing that back in, uh, I don't know, middle school or high school. So for I haven't done that crap uh, for, for a long time. Nice. And there was just something, I, I don't know, I don't know if I was born a, a voluntarist or born a libertarian or whatever, born anti-authoritarian, but I never liked being told what to do. And I always had never really liked doing the pledge. Well, the Pledge of Allegiance is, is so culty, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird when you walk into a classroom, you see all these little kids standing there re- repeating this, this thing that it's they, a, that they don't chant. understand. Yeah. It's a chant. Yeah. And they have no idea what these words mean. They have no nope. idea what allegiance means or what the United States represents. They, right. they don't know. Indivisible. But yeah, but they're just programmed to repeat this phrase. And it instills in them this love for this thing that they can't even begin to understand. And then they become adults saying, well, you can't possibly secede. This is un-American. And well, it, all, it all starts, as you said, with that stupid little pledge. The pledge said we were indivisible. Huh. So therefore, we must be. Uh, well, the pledge is wrong. Yeah, the pledge is wrong, and the United States is wrong as an idea. It's a failure as an idea. It has not uh, made the world more free. It has not made the United States more free. It has not resulted in an increase in uh, in liberty for the people that live here, and it is never going to be turned around. doesn't matter how hard you vote. It doesn't matter uh, what happens. D.C. is going to be continuing to centralize power. It's going to continue to print more dollars into existence, devaluing the money that you have saved. And there's just so many reasons why this deal needs to be ended, why this arrangement uh, needs to be terminated. But we have to go up against these people like this Representative Leach from Texas who are going to trot out lie after lie after lie to try to scare you into staying with the abuser. This guy is... One of the abusers, right? These people who are the loyalists. Definitively, he's making threats. Well, yeah, he's telling the state reps who support independence that they're not going to get anything moved forward, any of their bills uh, at all. And he's suggesting that, you know, the government should use force against these people using words like sedition and treason. There's a reason people use language like this. It's to justify criminal acts being done against them. Like if... If you're legitimately guilty of sedition and treason, then that justifies the police coming and arresting you and hold you, holding you in prison, kidnapping you at gunpoint against your will. Yeah, That's why he's doing these things. It, it's the same reason people use words like mentally ill to describe trans people, because it, it subtly justifies violence being used against them, quote, defensively. If they, if they can convince themselves or other people that you're committing an act of aggression somehow— then aggression becomes 
a suitable retaliation for that. The mentally ill scary. people are the ones that want to stay under the federal government. They're insane. Yeah. Uh, and, and I understand why the power seekers want it because they want to move up, right? Like this guy might be a state representative in Texas, but he may see himself as a U.S. representative someday or maybe even president uh, someday. You know, these people... They don't ever want to stop with the power that they have. They want to get even more of it. And so they see the United States as their path to more power. But for the average person, those are people whose minds can be changed. This guy, Jeff, whatever the hell his name was in Texas, he's never going to change his mind. He's always going he's going to dig into this uh, to the point where, well, maybe if, if he, he actually does hear from enough people or he might change. He, I guess I won't write him off completely. If but he could mo- lose election, he would change his tune. Yes. And so, but for the most part, he's disincentivized from changing his mind. Whereas the average person, they don't have as much skin in the game. They don't yeah. have, the, you know, they they went to government school. They had the indoctrination. They had the brainwashing. They pledged the allegiance and all that. But, you know, do they really really have the same level of of interest in these issues no the average person doesn't and that's why making a a movement popular is all you really have to achieve so what i mean there is if it's true that 60 percent of texans support texas breaking away from the united states then it's already getting pretty popular all you have to do is get those conversations happening at you know, church or at the workplace water cooler or at the bar or wherever it is people are meeting yeah. and have people have conversations about this to where they're hearing it, not just in Newsweek or, you know, on some mainstream media talk radio show or whatever, but they're hearing it from people that they care about. They're hearing it from people that they know and that they know are honest and that they're their friends or their family members. That's why it's so important to talk about these issues that's why we talk about liberty with people uh, here on Free Talk Live, and that's why the people support independence should talk about it. Whether you support liberty or not, I don't care, because a lot of these people want independence because they actually don't support liberty, right? So California, Which is fine, as long as they leave me out of it. Right. California, for instance, the movement there, they want to have a socialist paradise. They, want, they, they see the United States as holding them back from doing more socialism. The Texas people, a lot of them, see the United States holding them back from doing more conservatism and more, you know, force a religious view down someone's throat kind of government. So they're not necessarily the 60 percent of Texans who support independence. They're not 60 percent of Texans are libertarians. Oh, no, certainly not. Right. Secession, it crosses political boundaries. Secession just says we think that you should be free at least enough from the yoke of the federal government to get out from under their control so you can do whatever crazy-ass experiments that you want to with your governments. That doesn't mean they're going to go in a more free direction. Texas is already number 49 on the list of the freedom in the 50 states for personal freedom. It's higher up overall, uh, but I don't even think it's in the top 10. But uh, number 49 on personal freedoms. They want even fewer personal freedoms, likely, and the federal government may be standing in the way of some of that. So, you know, Texas may become some total arch-conservative uh, hellscape if it's, uh, if it's allowed to, to leave the United States. And you know what? That's fine, yeah. because that's what the conservatives want, and they should have it. I, I agree entirely, and, but under the caveat that if you want to leave, if you don't want to be part of that, 
you should you be should able be, to. You should be able yeah. to just up and leave Texas. That's then. true. Yeah, they shouldn't trap people there. Right. For sure. And California can do their leftist utopia. Texas can do their right. conservative utopia. And New Hampshire should be free to do its libertarian utopia. Yeah, California utopia. should let the should let the conservatives leave and go to Texas. Texas should let the hard leftists leave and move to California. And all the libertarians should get the hell out of both of those places. Yep. And get up to New Hampshire. Uh, there's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, promoting this whole national divorce idea. And uh, Newsweek's reporting on what the secessionists think about it. Coming up here in moments. You can share your thoughts as well on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Talk live. Phones are open here. If you want to join the show, we kick off the third hour. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian and Aria. We talked earlier about the uh, NBC Boston docu series that has been coming out over the last few weeks. Uh, it has been excellent so far. Very well balanced discussion of the free state project you can go to nbcboston.com slash free state and that will take you to the current nine episodes that are available episodes 10 and 11 will be coming out over the next couple weeks seems to be a a monday thing uh, basically monday afternoons and what they started doing last night was they started doing what they call the free state watch party where they will it's not much of a party but it's uh it's two hosts of the nbc boston shows that they have and then one guest who appeared on the show uh, the episode of the uh, free state series from nbc boston last night they had jason sorens who was the founder is the founder of the free state project and you know sorens he's not as uh, as radical as some of us might like he was kind of uh he seems to have uh, de-radicalized yeah, as he aged he's watered things down uh as far as his viewpoints are concerned and so he presented himself as kind of a minarchist type somebody who wants a small government that's good at doing the things that it does which of course we all know governments suck at everything they do uh but so he was kind of weak as far as his appearance on this particular show where they they actually watched the first episode of the documentary series and then they have about a 10 minute segment where they're interviewing the one person from that but you said tonight's episode. carla garrick tonight right tonight is but you know carla. she will be weak oh no in <laughs> fact in fact uh one of the uh, free staters banana rama on twitter at Banana Wallet just tweeted this. Shout out to Carly Garrick for handling the watch party interview like a boss. I those, don't doubt it. Those hosts were not prepared for your responses. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing this. And I actually just discovered... Go Carla. Yeah, yeah. And I had just discovered that the episode, at least from yesterday, I don't know how long it'll take them to get tonight's show. I think this person watched it live on television is commenting. But tonight's or uh, last night's show with Jason Sorens is available at uh, NBCBoston.com slash free state. What you do is you click on extras. So by okay. by default, it shows you the episodes of the series. And then if you just click extras, you can see sort of these bonuses on there. So looking forward to seeing that. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, meantime, let's go to the phones here. Jack is in Ocean Shores, Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jack. This guy's made so many good points. About? Well, just, like, different, like, ways of thinking of things, I guess. I don't know. 
Hey, can I make a comment about what is the girl's name? I'm sorry, not Aria. Uh, Aria is the only female uh, uh, host on the show tonight. Uh, Bonnie was, was Bonnie on last on night. Oh, Bonnie was on there, yeah. I feel like I don't want to be a jerk. Is it okay if I'm a jerk and have a free way of thinking, or would I offend you if I say something? I don't care if you offend me, Jack. It's Bonnie's not here, though. Like, but Bonnie kind of like, you know, she's like kind of old Sully, like really old Sully. Old uh, Sully? Old Sully, yeah, Sully-ish. Yeah, you know, what? like acoustic or acoustic paintings and such. I didn't understand anyway. the words that just came out of your mouth. <laughs> Can you rephrase that? Well, your voice is given out. So anyway, what did you just say? I'm sorry, I was smoking marijuana. Is that illegal? We we don't know what you said. No, what did you say? You said Bonnie was old solely, as in like she no, has an old soul. Of, no, I didn't say that. Have you ever heard of acoustic or acoustic painting? It's when you add wax and oil together on canvas. Have you ever heard of it? I've not. Yes no. Really. Oh, interesting. What does that um, have to do with Bonnie? It, it's about life and stuff. And I looked at Bonnie, she seems very judgmental for being so old. She's 26. Uh, I'm not really sure. How much yeah. pot did you smoke, dude? Yeah. <laughs> um, golden ticket. What was the point of your call I'm tonight? Sorry. I'm not you really clear. Me. Did you have something else you wanted to say? Yeah. What's everyone's favorite color? I don't think that really matters. Yeah. Uh, can, I do, can I do one thing for you guys? I don't what know, man. Can you? Can you? Are, are you literally ever, capable of doing anything? When I said get off, I meant something else, so calm down. I'm just going to get off. You ready? We're, we're quite calm. Give you guys, there's a game I play. It's called the I Love You Game, or Thank You Game. So I'm going to give you in one sentence, by the way, when we drug on, you know, no dead time, a dead air, to waste of ad time. Wow, so this first, is literally a rambling like, person like at this point. because Arya is who Arya wants to be. I like Bonnie because Bonnie is who Bonnie wants to be. Uh-huh. I like Ian for the same fucking reason. I like the dog because he's an effing dog. I can't even understand you. Thank you for the call uh, tonight. I don't know so, what that something was. Something about a dog? He did yeah. say he liked you for because you're who you want to be. and yeah. then He, he said that rambled. about Bonnie as well. And then the, the, the part about me seemed to just be a ramble. I, I, don't, I don't know what he said. Couldn't make it out. Uh, Dude, when you yeah. smoke that much pot, man, just Damn. just put on some South Park or King of the Hill or something, man, and have a bag of <sighs> chips. Let's go to the phones here, uh, St- Sarah. I mean, it's Sarah's going to be better than uh, than that last call. I mean, it's it's hard not to be better than that last oh, call. Oh, we yeah, can only go up from here, Sarah. Take us up. Rescue you guys. Take from us that up. Guy. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Go ahead. Oh, hey, you know, I got some really. <laughs> you know, you always pick on me, but. I, I mean, but you know what? My sister, she was a, a diabetic, and she was taking um, bunch of diabetic medication. And since I've been sending her a lot of the natural products, I've been natural um things that help diabetes. Mm-hmm. She actually quit the medication, wow. and then she sounds really so much better on the phone. Oh, that's great! So she's and, not taking I mean, insulin anymore, is what you're saying? I think she's um, one of those things, the Ozambic, or there's a bunch of these diabetic pills or something you could take. Mm-hmm. So she she actually quit those because oh. I've been sending her that you know remember I've been talking about the green coffee bean extract, the green green tea extract, and the capsaicin, and also I've been now Sarah is not a doctor and she's not giving medical advice here, but uh, she has opinions about. Different natural right. products. And she said capsaicin. She I'm did. familiar with capsaicin. That's hot stuff, right? That's like that's the, the chemical is, yeah. or whatever right, that right. makes things, makes things hot. You've like, been giving people capsaicin, like Sarah? Chili peppers. Well, it's part of the 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 um the 
the things that I've been um, ordering for her from my company. I've heard hot sauce so is good for you. Part, yeah. Well, uh, the, uh, well, the whole thing is that it's uh, such very important to diabetics because it burns up sugar. And so does yam. I was talking about, I'm mentioning one of the ingredients is uh, chromium. It breaks down sugar. Sarah's statements yam, are not necessarily medical claims. You're, you're saying that hot sauce burns sugar? Is, is that right? That's what she said. Well, it burns metabolism. So hey, that, that, you're saying that, it increases? You're saying it increases metabolism? That's correct. That's okay. what they found out. Okay. So oh, it's interesting. That, if like, it's true, I, it's interesting. Right, right. I don't know if what you're saying is true, but I would suggest that everyone out there who's interested in these things should do their own research about them. And don't right, take the that, advice of someone who's trying to sell you something. That's a great point. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, this is not um, – I'm just saying this is – I'm talking about mentioning the ingredients like chromium has helped diabetics. Ginseng, so has yams, green tea extract. But I, I don't care which company you get it from, whatever works for you. But this was the the person that signed me up. The sponsor, my sponsor, has been recommending these things to me to help diabetics because his Such his uncle was going to get his feet amp- amputated. <laughs> okay, so wait, so Sarah, are you now been- actually selling products to other people? No, I'm not. I'm not selling anybody. I'm I'm advertising. Um, but mostly, I just do giveaways because they don't want to sign up. I ask for their credit card numbers, so they tell me to get lost. You know, they think I'm a scam. They run away. They they hide out from me like I'm a plague or something. So I mean, if they if I it care is about tough. It, I enough. will tell you, Sarah, having had some experience in network marketing when I was younger, it's tough uh, to do oh, network yeah, marketing. It, you like, really have to it, be able it, to. Oh, yeah. I mean, sales in general is tough, but yeah. the problem with network marketing is. They basic well, there's a lot of problems with network marketing, but one of the problems with network marketing is they basically encourage you, and it's kind of a culty aspect, they encourage you right. to shut off your friends and your family if they won't buy into the thing that you're doing. And so they actually will encourage you generally to write up a list when you first start in network marketing. Right. They want you to write up a list of like 100 people or 200 people that you know personally. And then you have to start so, working that list. It's called a warm market. That's it's called the warm market. Your That's warm your market. Friend. Yeah, and the problem with that is you end up wearing out your friends, and then they don't want to be your friends anymore because the only thing that you've done to them recently is you've pitched product uh, to them, and it completely burns up any kind of goodwill that you might have had with uh, with your friends because they will see clearly, most of them, that you've been caught up in uh, in a scam pyramid scheme. <laughs> and, well, and here's the, the thing is that my turnoff. sister and my mom, they've been getting free products off of my account. It comes out of my electronic debit. And well, it's I very nice that you're buying people free products, but that's not going to move well, your business they're, forward. They're my, my sister and my mom. I mean, so I'm not going to, what am I going to charge them? And they don't want to have their credit card on file. They don't right. want to They don't want to be commitment. part of the scam. They just want to. So, get how the are you products. paying for this stuff, Sarah? Well, you know, my mom has helped me out with money in the past. So, basically, it's her money that I'm using to pay them back. But. Okay, so that, you're, you're just letting your mom spend her own money, except. You're spending it for her. Well, it's kind of like family money. Whatever money I have, I, I'm obligated to help them out what I can. But you know what? But where did this money come from is my question. Well, well, well from my check. Well, well from my expenses also. Okay. Where, where the is the check, check coming from? What check? 
Uh, as disability check. Okay. My, uh, from the federal government, from taxpayers. Okay. That's that's the answer. Got it. Okay. Sarah, yeah, thanks for the call gonna, tonight. Uh, it was you, better. It, it was better than, than Jack's <laughs> call. I do appreciate it. You make a good point. It was better. Let's move on to Chuck in Washington. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. That was a great call. Always a great call to hear, Sarah. Uh, I, I like crazy. I love it. <laughs> okay. Okay? I'm sorry. No, I can relate. You don't no, have to I'm apologize. I'm not sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. Okay, everybody? I know that there's some people that hate her calls, but, man, they're better than Dave Olson's, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't disagree with from... you. She can be better, right? But when she wants to just call in and talk about traffic lights or whatever, yeah, I, I don't bad. have any patience for it. Well, I mean, what if traffic lights are really looking out at you and they've just been hacked by uh, somebody that had a Chinese uh, software thing or whatever and uh i'm not so worried about the chinese but the uh, american government is absolutely a lot of them are monitoring you on the roads uh the the lights themselves yeah the the, the (laughs) traffic lights themselves probably don't have cameras within them because they just put the cameras right up on top i mean it's pretty obvious that the cameras are there they're all over the place there's red light cameras there's speeding cameras new hampshire uh oh my god no well it's everywhere you know this whole thing i i uh Recently, uh, went over to my friend's house, right? There are some traffic and, uh, cameras in New Hampshire. Are there? I thought it was illegal. Light, they're not red light cameras okay. and they're not speeding cameras. They're just there to mo- you know, monitor okay. what, like, what's going on. Sorry, Chuck, go ahead. No, that's all right. I, I, the doorbell cameras, that's what gets me. Hmm. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you're going out to your friend's house and uh, bada bing, you find yourself in a situation where this is not your friend's house. Because you don't, you're unfamiliar with the thing, and then you've got, uh, you know, huh? uh, blitzed on uh, YouTube or whatever, uh, being a weirdo at somebody's house. Well, who's this man? Uh, you didn't uh, blaze before you called me. like Jack. You're not at Jack's house right now, are you? No. Jack, Jack, are you here? Okay. Nope. I, I, I'm confused. Are you saying you go to the wrong house and this person has an Amazon ring and they upload you to YouTube? Yeah, I'm not real clear on what you're saying either. Oh, you're unfamiliar with the whole thing about the doorbell cameras? No, no, they, I, we've uh, seen them. There's a brand called Amazon Ring, and that's oh, pretty okay. common. So we're familiar with them, but I'm not sure what you're saying about them. Can you rephrase it? Well, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, if you have any... Um, you know, expectation of privacy, or if you think that the government is looking at you, it's also your neighbor that's looking at you. It's also, uh, uh, you know, um, situations like I just mentioned. You go innocently up to some address that you thought was that was your friend's house, mm-hmm. and then you wind up viral. Yeah, but most hey, people aren't going to do that. Right? You're not going to be viral. Hold on, Chuck. You're not going to be viral for just walking up and knocking on somebody's door. The reason why people go viral on a ring video is because they're stealing packages or something like that. There's some okay, sort so of. So what is viral? What is the threshold of viral? Is it like a thousand? No, people? it's arbitrary. I wouldn't say there's any. It's particular... way more than thousands, though. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say. I, mean, it's... I can get okay. a thousand. I can pick my nose and throw it on TikTok and get a thousand views. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I would. I would. I would. I would uh, waste five minutes of my time to watch that. Okay, bro. Whatever floats invest- your boat. But, uh, you know, virality, I think, has to do with noteworthiness, uh, that it has to be shareable. It has to be something that is going to be passed around because it's particularly entertaining. 
you walking up to some stranger's house, knocking on the door, and then turning around dejected because you made a mistake isn't going to be a viral video at any point. Okay. No, and I think most people wouldn't upload it. Like, Ian has security cameras here. I have them at my house. And yeah. the only time I've ever uploaded anyone on those cameras when they were stealing signs out of my front yard. Yep. Well, also the federal government when they came and raided uh, the house. That also one, true. That one got, you know, a few hundred and that views. Would be, that would, that's a, like a Twilight Zone episode, right? I couldn't imagine a thing. But I, I mean, it, plenty of people drive by my house. Plenty of people stop at my house. And I don't think to put any of them on YouTube because it's, it's interesting. Just, yeah, it's just not noteworthy. Thanks, Chuck, for the call tonight, man. I appreciate it. All right, later. All right, man. Uh, David in New Mexico, you were summoned. Go ahead. That was not the real Chuckles the Clown. That was Ed from Needles impersonating Chuckles the Clown. Chuckles the Clown would never say anything bad about David Olson. Okay. And, uh, yeah, no, true. And uh, you should ask Chuck, hey, Chuck, next time you call in, uh, uh, tell, tell him the story about Chuck used to call the Art Bell Show. Oh, really? And who is the really, yeah, who is the really, 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 I mean, going way, way, way back. Coast to coast. Uh, who is the who? Who is the really uh, crazy caller? Chuck, you're supposed to stay on the line. Um, uh, if I I'd have known, I would conference you together. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, well, well Chuck, call back. Chuck's fast. Chuck's fast. He'll be back on the line in like 30 seconds. Who, Chuck, who is the dude that you used to impersonate on <laughs> Art Bell show? The crazy uh, Christian, the wacko Christian dude. There's a, um, anyway, there, there's a lot of like crazy Christian dudes he could be impersonating. Sure. I don't know who. Do you there, know who David? There, He's there asking. He one, doesn't know. There was one character in particular that was over the top. It was it was a it was a put on. It wasn't mm. real, but it but the guy pretended to be real. Okay. But uh, he he is a famous character on Coast to Coast. You, um, uh, wow, JD, this is like uh, I don't fifteen years ago, right? I mean, this is. Art Bell's been from, dead from, for years, and yeah. he was off his own show uh, for years before that. So you must be talking about most of two decades ago. Yeah, yeah, from twenty years ago to like ten years ago, something like that. Wow. Chuck, are you on the phone yet? No, David. Why do you remember <laughs> this, right. man? Because Chuck and I talk every day. He's, so does Ed, and Ed from Needles. And, he's a radio uh, dork. I mean, you know, he just remembers things. Do, do you, you actually talk every day? Dork? I called you a radio dork. <laughs> if you're remembering a caller from. Uh, Art Bell from 20 years ago. It's okay no, to be well, a radio he's, a, he's actually He's actually famous. He's as famous as Mel's Hole, dude. I don't know what that is. Mel's Hole? What's that? Mel's Hole, man. Everybody knows Mel's Hole. Everybody clearly does Apparently not. Apparently not. Yeah, they do. Just go- Google it. Everybody knows Mel's Hole. Even Chuckles the Clown knows Mel's Hole. If I have Hole. to Google it, you- then I don't know it. I don't mm-hmm. use Google search. I, be- I bet you even, I bet you even uh, Jack in Washington knows Mel's Hole. Okay, well, what's, your, what's your point here tonight, David? More importantly, how are you doing? (laughs) Thanks for the call. (laughs) (laughs) Mel's Hole is, according to an urban legend, a bottomless pit near Ellensburg, Washington. Claims about it were first made on the radio show Coast to Coast by a guest calling himself Mel Waters. Later investigation revealed no such person was residing in that area and no credible evidence has been given that the hole ever existed. However, Are they seriously looking for credible evidence about the existence of a bottomless hole? <laughs> However, it's got its own Wikipedia article. So apparently just some guy calling into uh, Coast to Coast managed to generate an entire urban legend article from Wikipedia. Congrats, dude. Yeah. That's pretty Good. impressive. Good for him. I mean, there's a lot of truth to some of these urban legends. Obviously not the one about the bottomless hole, but... Like one of the classic gaming urban legends was that somewhere there was a landfill with a bunch of 
uh, ET, ET for the 2600 cartridges in it. Yeah, but it, for the longest time, it was just a rumor. Mm. It was just, you know, they sold too many, so they, they buried in the New Mexico right. landfill, and it was literally buried. But as it turned out, it was completely true. Right. And a lot of these happen to be that way, where it turns out that, hey, this rumor that we've been talking about for, you know, the past 30 years actually turned out to be true. In other news, uh, looks like old Joe Biden is possibly going to be or is backing a new TikTok bill, which could uh, give him the authority to ban or force a sale of the company, according to Bloomberg. So TikTok is currently owned by a Chinese company, right? Correct. Uh, But they have an American subsidiary or something that handles the American version or something like that. It's all very confusing. Yeah, I think that's true. And the idea here was, you know, TikTok, under the Trump administration, they were considering a TikTok ban, or they yep. at least floated the idea of banning the app from the United States because it was Chinese spyware or whatever. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't really care. Sounds like Joe Biden is picking up that ball right. and running with it. So he's just like Trump. I'm not surprised at all to hear that. I, I think the Chinese have better things to do than to create enjoyment for Americans. Like, the Chinese government, if they want to take over the world, I don't think making giving Americans a platform mm. filled with Americans where Americans are creating content that other Americans like consuming, I don't understand how that's supposed to be this nefarious plot. Well, the nefarious plot here is on the part of the U.S. federal government. Yes. And let me give you more information as to why. Because this bill isn't per se the TikTok bill. This would actually give the president the ability to uh, force the sale of foreign-owned technologies, applications, software, or e-commerce platforms if they present a so-called national security threat to U.S. users. It doesn't mention Beijing-based ByteDance Limited's TikTok by name, but the video-sharing app, which has about 100 million users in the U.S., which is like a third of the population here, is the clear target. TikTok is great. I, I can't praise TikTok enough. I, I I make YouTube videos too. Obviously, we stream to YouTube. I hope eventually no, we don't. we'll be not st- right now. Okay, true. I'm hoping eventually we'll be streaming to TikTok as well because they do offer that, but it's complicated. You have to have a certain number yeah, of to subscribers. Get approved yeah. or something. So I, I suspect we'll get there at some point. But I love it because I, I I've always felt like a YouTube video creating one. It it's more of a task. It's more of an mm-hmm. ordeal. Whereas I can make a TikTok video that is sufficient in 15 minutes. Like I, I uploaded one earlier today. It took me a grand total of, I think, 10 minutes to do the actual recording and then maybe mm-hmm. three minutes of editing. And it's about a two minute long video. Okay. And I would, did you edit it on your phone? No, I, did a, I do all this on my computer. People okay. can do it on okay. their phones, but I'm better at using computers than I am yeah. my phone. So I did it on my f- computer for simplicity. But there are people who can do it on phones. Yeah, it amazes me people that can edit video on phones. I'm like, what? You and, can do that? And I would never put a video like that on YouTube, mm. right? I would put, I feel like it has to have more production value to mm-hmm. be on YouTube. But TikTok is perfect for this minute and a half long video that's almost throwaway to me. So this bill is is terrifying. The idea that if this passes, it would allow the U.S. government, or rather the president, so it wouldn't have to go through Congress again. Once it goes through Congress the first time, then it just gives over the authority, so-called, to the president to force the sale of foreign-owned technologies, applications, software, or e-commerce platforms. We'll continue in moments to tell you more. It is Free Talk Live.
It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. And we've got time for you if you want to jump in here. Uh, with you tonight, it is Ian. And Aria. want to say thank you to Free Talk Live supporters like Corns Bane, who is a Free Talk Live Gold member of our AMPS program. Corns Bane is somebody who's supporting us for 10 bucks a month. Uh, that's how you get the gold status. We only ask for five, so thank you, Cornsbane, for jumping up to the gold level. We definitely appreciate it. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support is a way for you to get behind what we do here on Free Talk Live. So if you appreciate the mission the mission that we're on here to spread the ideas of liberty, peace, cryptocurrency, uh, the various different things we talk about, then you can get behind the show at amps.freetalklive.com. That's A-M-P-S dot freetalklive.com. I will ask, though, that if you do want to call the show, and again, that's 603-283-6160, please don't smoke as much pot as the previous callers. Like, like put the put the bowl down now, <laughs> wait 10 or 15 minutes, and then call. Right? Or I mean, Some people can hold it together. That was a lot of Just pot. Just don't get stupid. <laughs> that's all. Just don't, don't get stupid, okay. or otherwise you'll Fair. Know, you'll I mean, stupid. if you can handle it, you know, that's fine. All right. So here's this, this crazy uh, story that... I don't know how they're going to even do this, but the bill that is being introduced in Congress apparently was introduced Tuesday, and Biden is now backing this, would allow the president the ability to force the sale of foreign-owned technologies, applications, software, or e-commerce platforms if they present a so-called national security threat to U.S. users. I mean, that's really scary because anything can count as a national security threat. Right. And how is it a national security threat to users? Like I said, if it's a threat to users, that's one thing. But a national security threat isn't a threat to users. These are the threat to the nation. Yeah, these are two distinctly different concepts. Well, that's just what the media said, right? Like, this is just the MSN Bloomberg story. Okay. Uh, quote, we look forward to continue working with both Democrats and Republicans on this bill and urge Congress to act quickly to send it to the president's desk, said National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. It's the first time the Biden administration has weighed in on legislation to deal with the app, meaning TikTok. They believe this is they believe this bill is targeting TikTok specifically, even though it does not say TikTok in there. It just gives them blank, you know, the blanket ability to ban and or sell apps that they don't own that don't aren't based in the United States. I'm not sure how they can sell, how, how they can force the sale of an app that was created outside of the United States. But regardless... I don't think they can. I think that what they would end up doing is saying, hey, we're banning you from the United States, which is scary in its own right. Yeah, and if, if you, you want, don't sell. Right. And if you want to continue mm. functioning in this market, which is increasingly an, an undesirable market for some of these companies... Yeah. Then you have to sell to an American company or whatever. Well, they can probably put the pressure at the very least on Apple and Google who operate the stores, the app stores and the play stores that feature these apps. So even that would be how the ban would be implemented, right? They would mm, they would contact yeah. Apple and Google and say, here's a here's a national security order. You are now hereby ordered to prohibit any apps from ByteDance in China or whatever. Use a third party app store. That's not a perfect solution. I mean, for, I, pe- for iPhone users, it's not a solution at all. Oh, there true. are no third-party apps. You have to jailbreak your phone or whatever. Yeah. And uh, TikTok would not be open source, so it wouldn't qualify right. for you know F-Droid or something like that that you could get on Android. So the only way that they would be able to get around it would be for TikTok to put an APK 
for Android users up, and they'd lose a lot of users if they were banned they from the iPhone. They absolutely would, store. and I don't mean to suggest that's a good. I mean, everyone out there in general should have third-party markets that they use in order to get some of these apps. If you can, yeah. Google, obviously, they control everything that goes on Google Play, and not everything on Google Play is necessarily good. And sometimes you want the older version of an app, but Google Play will automatically update you to the latest version, and you want Mm -hmm. the older version for whatever reason. Maybe the new version just doesn't work on your phone or whatever. You can get that through, I would suggest, apkpure.com. Okay. I can't I've say heard of it. I can't say that everything on there is free of malware. But Okay, I was gonna say, yeah, be careful. But through my life, I've never downloaded malware there. That you know of. Well <laughs> I've done IT for a living, so I'm I'm All fairly right. confident to say that I've never downloaded malware from there, but you're right, that I know of. Yeah. And I it has a it's a good repository for apps. You can find any APK there. In general, if it's on the Google Play Store, you can find it at apkpure.com because people with rooted devices, they download the app from Google Play and that gives them everything they need, including mm-hmm. the APK. And then they just extract that and they throw it on, you know, a nice. pure APK or whatever. Or you can get it from the Pirate Bay if, if you really want to go all that, that far. It's even riskier. Yeah, there's ways to get stuff onto your phone if it's not an iPhone. But for God's sake, you shouldn't be using an iPhone anyway if you value decentralization and freedom and privacy. Bonnie. <laughs> the reality, though, of course, is that if this ban goes through, if this bill passes and then they've subsequently banned TikTok, it is going to reduce their their number of users because yeah. the average person does not know what an APK is. The average person is not going to really think about finding out what an APK is. But they They're, should know, right? This is, this is basic stuff. It's like you, you may not know how an automobile works, but you know what gasoline is. Mm-hmm. You know what tire pressure is. Right. You should, before you drive a vehicle, you should know how to check the oil and how to check the tire pressure. But Americans don't learn these things. And knowing what an APK is and knowing how to install an APK, those are just the... pretty basic. I agree with you, but we're also... That's just checking your oil in your engine. That's not complicated. Yeah, I just... And you live in the modern world that that has... There's probably not that many people that know how to check their oil, you know? (laughs) That they shouldn't be driving. (laughs) Critics of TikTok say it allows the Chinese government access to data and viewing trends of the roughly 100 million Americans, as well as users globally, who have made it one of the world's most popular apps. And what exactly is the security threat from that? I've got a friend on Facebook who, a few months ago, she went on this crazy anti-TikTok thing that was all about how it's Chinese government spyware or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, and? Maybe it is. Yeah. I mean, so the, so, so the Chinese government is learning what I like to watch on TikTok. Yeah, I, the, I, the, I, the Chinese government <laughs> now knows that 85% of TikTok users like cat videos. Yeah. You know, like what exactly? Or teen girls in underwear, which is generally what happens as well. What exactly is... The revelation here for the national security state. I mean, how is this a threat in any way, shape, or form? At the same time, the administration wants to avoid the legal challenges that beset former uh, President Trump's push to ban TikTok and Tencent Holdings' WeChat messaging app. Trump ordered those products banned from app stores in 2020, but a federal judge blocked the order, arguing it would violate free speech rights. You see, here's the thing. You should absolutely not be, real quick, you should absolutely not be using WeChat. But, you know... That's a Chinese chat app, right? Yeah. Uh, But it's produced and maintained directly by the Chinese government, as I understand it. It's probably another Chinese corporation that is absolutely controlled by the government. There's, like, a weird thing over in China where, like, the names of the corporation aren't the, you know, the Communist Party. 
but ultimately they are not independent of the government, but they are kind of not the government. So it's sort like of like fascism? fascist thing. Okay. I, I don't know exactly how it works. Maybe if a, somebody from China can weigh in on that. But regardless, the I think the, the judge was right to block Trump's order in that case on free speech grounds. And I know a lot of people are upset about the idea that the Chinese government should let's just say it's straight up the Chinese government that's you know ordering the yeah, cccp.com yeah, or whatever that you know they're they're the ones programming uh TikTok they should even though they are an evil uh communist government that will murder their own people the US government will murder murder their own people these people if they have somebody in the United States or some program that's in the United States or a website that's visible in the United States should have the ability to speak. And and so should the Agreed. Russians. So should the Russians. The Russia Russia Today, for instance, RT.com, uh, was banned at the beginning of the Ukraine conflict by the European Union and other places. Thankfully, it's not prohibited in the United States. Thank goodness. The only reason why uh, RT America went under was because of the sanctions that prohibited the money flowing into RT to pay the employees. Which also should never have happened. Agreed. But they didn't ban them, per se. It was RT that shut it down because they couldn't operate financially anymore. So, these people should have free speech rights, even though we disagree yes. with them. And we, on this show, firmly disagree with uh, with communism and you know all forms of government force used against uh, peaceful people. But well, I mean, hell, I disagree with countless white supremacists yes. and Nazis and stuff. But like, I will literally not ban them from the social media server when they get reported to me. That's right, on our social media so- server, which is social.freetalklive.com. Right. If anything, I would just go out there and argue with them. But I don't care enough to do yeah. that. I'll let other people do it. That's what principles are about: is about adhering to them, no matter what the cost might be as far as it may look bad if we have some nazi or whatever who's posting and honestly i don't know if we do i haven't taken the time to really look i don't think we do but we have people who are being called nazis but that's not the same thing but if it were true if chris cantwell were to go and sign up for social.freetalklive.com and start posting whatever tripe it is that he's promoting at the moment uh on there i wouldn't care uh again free speech would be awkward and a little uncomfortable but Free speech is the answer to free speech. Let's have more speech rather than trying to restrict. Anyway, Senator Mark Warner, who's a Virginia Democrat, is one of the bill's co-sponsors, said at a hearing on Thursday, quote, these risks are not going away. And unfortunately, our tools to date have been limited. We are going to create a new set of authorities. Do they have the constitutional power to do this? It seems seems quite illegal. Like they wouldn't. No, it seems quite illegal, but it's going to have to be fought in the courts. You yeah, know? they can't just give the president the power to say, "Hey, look, you you have to sell your company." And that's we we don't have kings here, and that that's a king power there. It's scary. James Lewis, senior vice president of the Center for Strategic and International Studies, said the Trump deal was thrown out of court in less than thirty minutes. This administration has thought carefully about how to do something that will stand up in court. Being able to say Congress passed a law that gives us this authority really helps, he said. Said further, it strengthens their hand in any future battle to either negotiate with TikTok or to negotiate with the court, he said. It was unclear how the bill introduced by Warner and a Republican named John Thune might affect a separate national security review of TikTok, led by the Committee on the Foreign Investment in the U.S., was meant to come to an agreement addressing concerns surrounding U.S. user data, but that process 
appears to have stalled. TikTok's opponents in Congress have rejected the company's assurances that its Chinese owner doesn't have access to U.S. user data, including viewer patterns and geolocation. In addition, reports that TikTok promotes or hides certain contact content has raised questions about whether Chinese authorities could influence what content American users see. I mean, all of these things could be true, right? I, I don't care if the Chinese government either. has an algorithm in there that makes me more inclined to see subtle propaganda that's pro-communism or whatever. I don't care. I, I could see a security risk if you had Biden running around watching TikTok videos all the time. The Chinese party was able to say, the Communist Party was able to say, ah, this is Joe Biden's TikTok installation, mm-hmm. and we see exactly where he is in any given moment. Well, now apparently the federal government has banned TikTok from any federal phones. Oh, really? Yeah. I can see that. Well, I could, Which is within their purview. They yeah, can do that. I could understand why they would do that. I don't support yeah. it, but I, I could understand. Because you don't want the Chinese government to be able to say, okay, well, we're, we have this app and we can use it to view your location at any time. So we know you're here and then we know you're here. We know your schedule. You wouldn't want that. But for the vast majority of people, my schedule, Google already knows it. Facebook already knows it. Every single app I've installed on my phone knows where I go every single day, seven days mm-hmm. a week, oh, yeah. 24-7. It knows when I sleep. It knows when I'm awake. It and knows- you gave it permission in yep. most cases. Every single time I clicked allow. Most of these apps require location, even if they don't require anything else. Every mm-hmm. single app I've ever installed demands location permission and if i don't give it then the app just doesn't open it immediately force closes itself and you need you need some of these apps in order to function to to do anything you want to do to say nothing of ways the the navigation app being owned mm-hmm. by google so if i want to navigate obviously the navigation app needs to know my location and it's turning that information right over to google right, the idea that it's okay to trust google but TikTok is bad news. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. These All of these people are going to data mine. All of these people are going to sell information. All of these people are going to utilize your info to profit if they possibly can. And that's the game. That's why TikTok's free. That's why Google services are free, because yep. you're the product. They're trying to monetize your eyes and your ears. Google is just barely less evil than the Chinese government. Just barely. Yeah. Just barely. And that's just because they're not a government yet. Yes. Uh, so, As and- to my knowledge, Google doesn't have any prisons yet. Right. Uh, so let's see. What else do we need to know here? From Bloomberg's story, they say TikTok has responded, and it's your usual kind of corporate covering of, oh, well, we've been working with them for nearly two years, said their spokesperson, Brooke Obervetter. She said, we've been waiting for CFIUS, which was that, whatever that uh, congressional panel was to finalize our agreement for over six months now while our status has been debated in public in a way that is divorced from the facts of that agreement and what we've achieved already, they claim. This is the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. They have some agreement they're proposing. The backlash has has TikTok waging an all-out charm offensive globally for months to drum up goodwill and defend its data protection and content moderation policies in D.C. Executive have enlisted lobbyists to engage with more than 100 congressional offices. In the second quarter of last year, TikTok spent $2.1 million on lobbying on issues including children's privacy, content moderation, and antitrust, the most spent to date. In that case. So they are doing the lobbying thing. They're going in there. They're talking to politicians. They're handing out goodies. They're handing out monies. I mean, it's just, 
It's just so despicable. Technology companies have started doing this over the last couple of decades. It was uh, Microsoft and Google that were kind of, you know, first to run in there and start lobbying Congress because they knew that if they didn't start spending money in D.C., that D.C. would start targeting them more uh, vociferously. And so they wanted to get these politicians on their side. And now TikTok is trying to do the very same thing. And it's sickening, but that's the way it is. It's the same reason that Coinbase spends so much money lobbying us. Because if you give these people money, they will leave you alone. You know, just like if you give the money to the mafia, they will leave you alone. Usually. Warner's bill would still need to go through a Senate committee, and it's unclear where the measure ranks among Chuck Schumer's priorities. As the majority leader in the Senate, he determines whether it would come to the floor for a vote. It would also need to pass the House of Representatives, where several lawmakers have their own bills that would explicitly ban the app. So this bill would give carte blanche ability to the president to ban any foreign app or force its sale. But there are other bills, apparently, that would target TikTok directly. Anti-China sentiment crosses party lines in Congress, and a number of senators from both parties said they were aligned on taking action against TikTok. Senator Marco Rubio of Florida has said flat out that it's time to ban TikTok for good. It's got 100 million users in the United States. How out of touch are these? Your kids use it. Your grandkids use it. Your neighbor's kids use it. And you want to ban this app from them? Dude, you are going to be... You will not... Get reelected if you ban TikTok. This actually could be a really good thing from that perspective. Like if it pisses 100 million people off in the United States, makes them angry about the the federal government stopping their entertainment, basically. I mean, this is the equivalent of turning off television for people, right? Like television viewing is on the down. It's it's declining. Uh, Certainly broadcast television is uh, over the air or over the top uh, TV, cable television. That is on the decline. People want to have things that they can pull up at their fingertips. They want to be able to watch a show on demand. And essentially, TikTok is just all demand, on-demand short programs. They're, you know, 15 yep. seconds to a minute long in, in many cases. And that's, of course, the typical attention uh, attention scale or whatever. And there's limitless content on there and limitless right. types of content. Whatever yeah, you weird... You can't reach the end of it. Yeah, whatever weird random thing you're into, you will find it on TikTok. You will find an abundance of it on TikTok. You can literally, no matter how odd and unusual the thing you like watching, if you're interested in South African dung beetles, you can find eight hours worth of content being produced every single day about South African dung beetles where you're never watching the same video twice. It's insane. Yeah, so this will be one to keep an eye on because, again, this is the bill that's being backed by the Biden administration directly. Uh, in other tech they news... They probably wrote it. Here's one you'll uh, you'll find pretty interesting. This one brings in uh, deepfakes into advertising from NBC News. Kat Timbarge reporting that in a Facebook ad, a woman with a face identical to Emma Watson... I saw this. I you saw, saw this. this story? Yeah. Uh, smiles coyly and bends down in front of the camera, appearing to initiate a sexual act. But the woman isn't Watson, the Harry Potter star, among other movies. The ad was part of a massive campaign this week for a deepfake app, which claims to allow users to swap any face into any video of their choosing. Yeah, it's it's a it was not an accident that they chose Emma Watson, right? Um, I grew up watching Emma Watson when I was, mm-hmm. you know, she starred in the Harry Potter movies and everyone my age just loved the hell out of Emma Watson. We wanted her to be our girlfriend, right? Even though she's a 
left-wing freak. Sure, but we didn't know yeah. that then. Sure, just you some didn't know that. 14-, 15-year-old kid who, right. hey, pretty girl, right? Mm-hmm. The weird thing about Emma Watson is so did all the creepy older dudes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's why she's the perfect choice for this, because it allows them to explore that without actually breaking any laws. That's why they deliberately chose Emma Watson in this advertisement. She seems to be very popular amongst like uh, the 4chan types, too. So. Oh, yeah? So, and, and I believe I, there's probably strong overlap between those types. Not that I spend much time on 4chan, but I've been there to research the uh, the deepfake stuff, or not deepfake AI. So a- yeah. AI generative art was coming out. There was stable diffusion, which is the sort of mostly open source version of AI generated art. And if you know where to look, you can find the uh, sort of uncensored stable diffusion download out there. So I'd gone to 4chan because I figured they would know. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's fortune's going to know. And in fact, they have these ongoing threads about stable diffusion where people are posting their images that they're generating. So, in addition to constantly generating like anime girls, the one real life woman that <laughs> they yeah. the one real life woman that they constantly are generating is Emma Watson. It's because they've had crushes on her since yeah. they were little nerdy 14-year-old kids. So, yeah, they definitely deliberately chose Emma Watson in this case, but the question is, is what this company did legal i don't see how it could be illegal it's freedom of speech right Mm, well i mean it is generally not legal to use someone's uh visage without their permission however but it's ai generated however stars don't have the same level of uh, protection as the average person so it's actually a really interesting question in this case it is AI generated, but it's very clearly her face, right? Like it's it's meant to look like her. I guess you could claim that. Well, it's not her; it's AI. But, yeah, because it's not her. Yeah, so it'd I don't be interesting know. to That's, see yeah. how this uh, pans out. On Sunday and Monday, an app for creating deepfake face swap videos rolled out more than 230 ads on Meta's services, including Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger. According to a review of Meta's ad library, some of the ads showed. And the what, very first thing people did was inappropriate stuff with Emma Watson. That's that's the internet. Well, this was the company itself that did this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Some of the ads showed what looked like the beginning of pornographic videos with the well-known sound of the porn platform Pornhub's intro track playing. Seconds Who in... Who watches Pornhub with the sound on? The women's faces were swapped with those of famous actors. When Lauren Barton, a journalism student in Tennessee, saw the same ad on a separate application, she was shocked enough to screen record it and tweet it out where it received over 10 million views, according to Twitter's views counter. And then she goes on to complain about it. This could be used with high schoolers in public schools who are bullied. It can ruin someone's life. They could get in trouble at their job. And this is extremely easy to do and free. All I had to do was upload a picture of my face and I had access to 50 free templates. Yes, we know that. They know that. Everyone knows that. That's, that's, that's where we sort of, are. Yes. That is not going to... You can't put this cat back in the bag. This Pandora's box is open. And the good news is, because this is so easy to do now, it shouldn't ruin anyone's life. No, it, it should have no credibility whatsoever. Oh, we have this picture of Ian doing inappropriate things with this other guy. So, oh, good for it, you. Yeah, it's. <laughs> we all know that deep fake technology exists now. We all know that AI art exists now. It's not impressive. It's not. No one should take it seriously at this point. Video testimony is now completely meaningless. Video and photographic testimony are now meaningless. 
Of That's the, where we should be. Of the ads, 127 of them featured Watson. Another 74 featured actor Scarlett Johansson's face swapped with women in similarly provocative videos. Neither actor responded to requests for comment, but Meta did remove the ads from its services after it was viewed God knows how many Millions well, of they times. already got what they want. Now there are articles being written about it, right? Yeah, exactly. Now now it's free publicity. They don't need to run that ad yeah, anymore. Smart, smart stuff. Uh, no sexual acts were shown in the video, but the suggestive nature illustrates how the application could be used to generate fake sexual content, which is absolutely the point of it. Uh, the app costs $8 per week. Pricey. That's the latest news from the world of deep fakes. Pornhub is free, guys. Which are going to become more prolific over time and going to become harder and harder to detect whether they are fake. You're just going to have to live with it. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.